Welcome, everyone. It is All In Sports. Jake Seeley is always your host. And as always, follow me at All In Kid. I almost said All In Sports because I have something for you guys now. Yes, that is right. If you're not signed up with The Athletic yet, which I don't know why you wouldn't be, especially when you hear how many great guests we have today from The Athletic, you can get a code. Now my personal code from this show personal code. Just go to theathletic.com front slash all in sports. Really easy. To, you don't even have to probably write that down because if you're listening to the podcast, I hope you can remember front slash all in sports. Get your free seven day trial and 30% off a year subscription. So it comes out to like $3 and change per month. It's definitely worth it. And now you have a code that you can use just from me to you. And go give the show five stars. Uh, subscribe, rate, I don't know, all those things. Because take the screenshot, that's the biggest, but that's the most important part. Because I'm going to be giving them no, a, because I'm going to be giving away another signed jersey. I just haven't figured out which one yet. So we will see. It'll happen. I'll announce the contest soon. So we can definitely do that for you guys. But as I said, it's a big show. Three guests today. Starting things off with James Coe. Following things up with Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers. A lot of situations going on with that team, fantasy-wise. And then, of course, it is Thursday. So it's time for the meanie. Chris Meany is going to talk rankings with me and so much more. So let's jump in. Let's get James on this thing, and let's start. And you follow him at James D. Coe. And before we dive into everything, as we do every week, tell everybody where they can follow you, what they can view you on, because there's a great Sunday show that you have, a great article you have at The Athletic, all that stuff, James. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, um, at James D. Coe. Um, every Friday, my athletic column comes out and it focuses on next-gen stats. Um, and then uh, every Sunday morning, man, an hour before kickoff, um, you know, we're on DirecTV channel 704. It's called the Fantasy Zone, and um, I'm a next-gen stats analyst there too. But, you know, we just talk fantasy, man. It's like, I don't know if anyone's ever seen Red Zone Channel, but, you know, we just go to every single game, um, show you every touchdown, and <laughs> we give you all the fantasy analysis you need. All right, so, you know what? I haven't asked you this yet. I think this is a good question for people that are just getting into next-gen stats and trying to dive in, and they don't want to be overwhelmed. Them. Oh, my gosh, the – the air yards divided by attempts over the correlation of the RS squared. Like, you know, that's where people start. They get scared <laughs> of that type of stuff. You're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. What's your yeah. favorite one or two stats? Like if somebody's just trying to get their feet wet. It's air yards. Um, and to me, I've just been trying to uh, tell people that air yards is, is just like targets. You know, there was a time, you know, 15 years ago when targets was this, you know, newfangled, uh, metric where people were keeping track of you know what i mean it's like targets why, why does targets matter who cares about targets the only thing that matters is yards or touchdowns and it's like yeah man well this is how we predict yards and touchdowns is targets you know <laughs> so, um so how like but, for everybody out there because that's the point of thing too is like, explain it real quick and then I, i'm sure you were about yeah. to explain like where it comes into play because i always compare it to what there's a strikeout percentage minus walk percentage in baseball and i use it because it's very predictive of finding the pitchers that have been unfortunate that are pitching better than what we've seen or vice versa and i think that's a very good i think air yards is kind of a, a similar you're trying to predict things that haven't necessarily gone that way yet yeah, it's like I said, it's exactly like targets. It's a volume stat, and that's the only thing that matters um, in fantasy, really. Uh, obviously, there's other factors in play, overall p player talent level, quarterback talent level, overall health of the off, whatever. Those are things that we could still talk about, and I do. But air yards is basically, let's say you have a quarterback standing at the 50, and he throws it to the end zone. 
um, that ball travels in the air 50 yards. So, you know, regardless of whether or not the receiver catches that ball, it's 50 air yards. And the argument here is basically, look, let's say New Hopkins is getting five 50-yard bombs thrown his way every single time. There's a fair assumption that he makes maybe two of those five grabs, right? That would be on par with, you know, league average. To someone like Nuke, maybe he makes three of those five grabs, right? But let's just stick with two. All right, so now he, he makes two of those 50-yard grabs. It's 100 yards on two catches. <laughs> How many bubble screens do you need to catch to get to 100 yards? Like a million, right? Because a bubble screen is going to go at the line of scrimmage, so that's zero air yards, right? You're throwing it from the line of scrimmage to the line of scrimmage. It's zero air yards. Like how many of those bubble screens do you need to take to get to 100 yards? It's so you, – you would need to get so many bubble screens to get to 100 yards. That's why it's a volume stat. And you might be saying to yourself, well, yeah, Nuke could maybe catch zero, and so it would be zero yards, whereas Jarvis Landry would catch, you know, 10 out of 10 bubble screens. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's true. But then just average this out now over a course of a season. Now it's not just five. Now it's 100. Now it's, you know, 200 targets, 50 yards downfield. That's what you want. At some <laughs> point, you can see how easily it correlates into, oh, okay, this is more opportunities for this guy to make big plays. That's right. why you look at air yards. Yep, and that's, that's a very succinct way, or I'd say a very good overall look at what air yards is and why it's important to your point. And I think, again, you're trying to predict, like, let's just say, to your point, he caught zero of those five, but you see that he's got five. Well, then you know that if he's going to keep getting five, things are going to turn around because he's not that poor of a receiver that things should correct themselves and that's why it's kind of like hey this might be a buy low this might be a sell high because he caught five out of five some random wide receiver like will fuller if he somehow caught five out of five 50 yard targets i'm probably <laughs> selling high on will fuller yes it's true i mean okay now that being said you know it's just it, how many air yards would that be that'd be 250 air yards <laughs> would that so, be hard to sell high on <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, and it's like I said, just talking about air yards right now is still a really, really new thing. Um, and I, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I'm, I think I'm the only person on television talking about uh, air yards and how it correlates to fantasy. But um, everyone's so used to talking about targets because it's been around for you know a decade right. plus for most people. You know, At some point, people are going to start talking about air yards this way too because it is, uh, it's not just a next-gen stat. It's a trackable stat. Uh, that folks are keeping a track of. It's just not, you know, regularly available on your common box score. But just to kind of give people an idea, like if you're an elite receiver, you're probably going to see anywhere between 120 to 150 air yards per game. It's kind of like between eight to ten targets. You know, you like you know that an elite receiver sees anywhere between eight to ten targets a game. You know. Yeah, and so, I, don't, I don't know if you know this, James, but not all targets are created equal. <laughs> not all targets are created. You know why they're not? It's because of air yards. Well, so I brought this, you know, I tweeted earlier this week using next gen stats, and the point of it was similar to this. So I tweeted out the top five receivers in separation and then separation at the time of the catch. And mm. Cordero Patterson was in the top five of both of them. Kiki QT was there, and there was a few and the whole point was is like, so this is why specifically air yards too. It's like, you don't just go down a rabbit hole and say like, all right, this is the stat. I'm not looking at anything else. It tells part of the story. Right. And the reason I brought that up is because you would say, hey, separation is important. This is how we find the good receivers. And if you look through the entire next gen stats list, you really start to learn about it. But if you just looked at it by itself, be like, oh my gosh, Cordell Patterson's always got three yards of separate. Well, that's because all he does is run, like he's got the lowest A dot in the league and it's not even close. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got to kind of piece all these things together if you're going to take that next step past air yards. 
Yeah, no, no, you're right. Uh, going back to your whole separation thing, you're right. Running backs, tight ends, and you know, guys like Cordero Pat, they will generally have the largest separation. Um, and mostly it's because, again, you know, it's like if you're, if you're somebody like even like Antonio Brown, who's got great separation numbers for somebody who is a downfield threat, you know, downfield throws are generally pretty covered. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that separation, even if you have, even if you have half a yard, you're open. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and if you have a, if you have a yard, you're, here's, I mean, Jesus Christ, you are wide open for being downfield. You know what I'm saying? Here's one I started playing with, and I, I want to get your, I want to get your initial gut reaction. To, I don't know. It might, it might be out there, and I haven't even found it yet. But I, again, I like to try to find some of these stats and take it. So my, what I started digging into, and the reason I ended up with that stat is because I was looking at. I don't know. I don't know a good word. Maybe you have a good word. And again, somebody might have it already. But it was the difference between the separation at the snap and then at the time of the catch. So, are you losing separation because you're not that great of a receiver, or are you increasing your separation because maybe, hey, you're, you're Jarvis Landry? Yeah, that's a that's a very good point too. You know, and it reminds me of like someone like Tyreek Hill. You know, where it's right. like if you're even, if he's le- if if he's even, he's leaving, right? So it's like, right? You know, well, because like, you have the built-in separation if you're lined in the slot. Like that's you're gonna have better separation in general than the guys lined out outside. So, and you got that cushion depending on where the you know is the guy. 15 yards off you at the snap and then right so that's why i just a simple subtraction is separation at snap separation to time of the catch and it kind of there were some interesting names there i'll just put it that way yeah man um i definitely i definitely definitely would advocate that like i said man it's it's it makes a whole lot of sense to um you know kind of take a critical eye to a lot of these numbers and and it's not just next gen stats it's, it's it's any stat that you get that's commonly available, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it could, it, even something as basic as touchdowns. It's like, well, okay, how's he getting these touchdowns? You know what I mean? Right. So yeah, I, I would definitely advocate that for sure. All right. Well, let's say I jump in some of the news before I be like, nerds, I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> let's go on to that. LaShawn McCoy. Uh, uh, let's, I want to paint this picture out the broadest way possible because there's a lot of scenarios here and some of them or maybe none of them happened at all. But as of today, LaShawn McCoy is on the bills. We have tonight's game, the Eagles, obviously the rumors are out there. The fact that they could potentially trade for him. So let's go down that path. Let's say LaShawn McCoy ends up on the Eagles and look at it from LaShawn McCoy, your opinion on the Eagles. Is it matter the fact that Peterson's going to continue to use all his running backs or do you think the offense helps him? And then the side part of it is, should everybody be out there stashing Chris Ivory everywhere possible just in case this actually happens? Um, <laughs> I laugh thinking about Chris Ivory <laughs> on that post. I, I can't believe we're doing um, this. <laughs> no, I know. Look, uh, LaShawn McCoy hasn't done much on that Bills team. And, and I know Chris Ivory did have a, I mean, just a terrific game against Minnesota, and that just came out of absolutely nowhere. Um, but I wouldn't be chasing that. I, I am 0% concerned or interested in Chris Ivory, 0%. Um, there, there's, God, geez, I mean, there's got to be somebody else. <laughs> what if, what you if your running backs are Lamar Miller and Kenyon Drake? <laughs> I mean, I would rather run Frank Gore out there. <laughs> I, I mean, exactly. Well, at, at this point, you're probably not even playing then because you're, you're, you're tired. <laughs> Your entire season is lost. No, but I mean, look, there's got to be somebody better. I mean, unless you're in an extremely deep league, which is which is totally fair. You know, I'm in a 14 teamer that you know Chris Ivory will get picked up. There's no question. Okay. Um, but you know, like I said, man, it's not 
yeah, that's not very advisable. Now, Shady going to the Eagles, I think is is pretty interesting. You know, um, this is the kind of point a lot of people have asked me, like, hey, is it Corey Clement? Is it Wendell Smallwood? You know, and the point that I, I would make is that you know, last year between Legarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi, they got 250 carries, man. Yeah. That's a lot of carries between those two guys. Clement's 220 pounds. Smallwood is 205 pounds, if that. Um, and so to me, you know, Clement is the guy that f- seems to physically anyways, um, and really gameplay-wise too, fill that role, that power role a lot better. And, and to be honest with you, Philadelphia needs that. Um, I mean, all the hype aside between, you know, Carson Wentz and that passing game and look, and they're great. I'm not saying that they're not great, but the run game last year is what kept that offense afloat. Um, and to be honest with you, they ran the ball extremely well, whether it was LeGarrette Blunt, J.H.I., the offensive line, they got a great offensive line too, but Doug Peterson mixing it all in. I mean, they ran the ball well. Um, and that is truly what kept that ball or kept that offense afloat. And, you know, the fact they haven't run it as well this year, um, you know, I think that can kind of point to why you've seen a a downturn, I think, in the offense there in Philadelphia. They still got a good offense, man. There's no question, but it's not barn burners like it was last year. No, definitely not. All right. So speaking of running backs, let's kind of go through a couple of things that I have here of the people know that listen on Tuesday. You don't know, James, uh, unless you're listening to my podcast, which I appreciate. But uh, on Tuesday, I was trying to get to the I started one topic and for some reason I put end the and then I started like the Charlie or whatever that kid's name in the no good, very bad day. So then I started with all I was going and the end the for anything is just because I'm stupid. I'm dumb in my mind. I have these things. So, the first one I had was Mixon and the Marvin Lewis lies. That's what started it for me. And I don't know why mm. I put it that way. But I said the Marvin Lewis lies because it was, well, Joe Mixon's not 100 percent. We're not going to kill him the first game back. And. We know Gio was out, but still is like, all right, well, Mark Walt wasn't used that much before, but now he'll be in the mix. And then we saw Mixon just dominate and dominate, not just on the talent, but the touches and everything. So the question that I have here with those lies, because he came back and had the use that he did, is Joe Mixon, this is the question I'm putting to you, is he now a top 10 running back going forward? Um... (laughs) <laughs> Man, I, I'm, it, it's hard for me to say uh, he'd be a top 10 guy. Although, I mean, the running back position, once again, I mean, we're in week five and it's just been decimated already. But, um, I mean, at some point, Gio comes back, right? Uh, I mean, does it matter? That's that's why I said, and the lies. So is Gio going to get those touches? when he? I th- that's the biggest question I think we have, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're right. He got uh, 25 touches in, in week five, which is... That's elite level stuff, man. Right. That is elite level stuff. Um, yeah. Gio wasn't mixed in a ton before Mixon got banged up early this year. It's true. That that much is true as well. It, for whatever reason, they made it a point the Bengals did to really feature Joe Mixon. Um, that being said, it just seems. I gotta be honest with you, man. It seems idiotic to do it that way. <laughs> um, hey, this look, guy. The, this guy gets hurt a lot. Let's give him a ton of touches every week. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Uh, exactly right. I mean, even week five, like, I don't understand. I mean, look, it's a competitive game. They were actually trailing in this game, too. So they, they really needed the points um, against Miami in week five. And I get that. But here's a guy coming off of knee surgery. Um, you know, whether you want to say it's a procedure or sur- look, it's surgery. He had surgery on his knee, and he's coming back, and you're get- saddling him with 25 touches. It just, 
I, to me, man, it just doesn't make sense. And I know, you know, Mixon will probably tell you, no, I can handle it. Well, okay, well, that's fine. But let's talk about science here. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I just don't think that's a great call. And I just don't think it's a good idea. Not especially when, especially when Gio Bernard uh, shows you. Exactly. He showed you he can play when given the opportunity. I have to say, uh, in this division, is two of the more baffling situations. Like Duke Johnson and Giovanni Bernard not getting touches this year. And I, I, obviously, Gio got him when Mixon got hurt, but I just outside of those games, both of those guys is just baffling to me after what they've done in the past. For I think this is my thing. I think I think. Well, first of all, I think Hugh Jackson doesn't have any idea what the hell he's doing, so that doesn't surprise <laughs> me at all. I mean, first of all, no. Duke Johnson. What about what about Chubb? I mean, oh, good I lord, Nick Chubb. Uh, how is this guy getting three touches a game? It's like, what? <laughs> at least it's not like Carlos Hyde has an injury history or anything like that. <laughs> it just makes no sense to me at all. I don't understand it. And, I, and Carlos Hyde has been playing well too, so it's not you know I'm not I'm not begrudging Carlos Hyde. Right. I'm just saying, can can you figure out ways to get these guys involved? And it doesn't have to be straight handoffs, especially not for somebody like Duke Johnson, you know. But uh, so look, in the Cleveland situation. I just think the coaching staff doesn't know what the hell they're doing there offensively. That's fine. In terms of in terms of the Bengals, I just feel like I, I just feel like, look, they invested this high draft pick in Joe Mixon that was absolutely skewered at the time, and I think that they want to make it a point to say, see, this guy's really good. This is why we reached for him. You know <laughs> On I mean? the flip side, we have Pete Carroll going like, no, screw you, I'm not using Rashad Penny. <laughs> That's right. We're, I'm going to use journeyman Mike Davis, for God's sake. Uh, like, oh and I was God. somewhat of a Mike Davis fan coming out of college, but I still, that was the most baffling thing to me in the world. When the, the door finally got open because Carson was out, and then he's like, no, nope, it's just all Mike Davis. I hate, he must, he, those rumors about him being completely against that draft pick obviously were true. That's so funny. I don't, I don't even know why he would be against it. He wants to do power football. Like, you know, I, these are two. Those are two backs, Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. They're going to give you the best, you know, power tandem. Right, so I, I don't, I'm, I don't get it. It's Pete Carroll. I told you a couple of weeks ago. He's he's out of his mind. He's he's losing. All right, <laughs> Julio Jones and the case yeah. of the missing touchdowns. <laughs> at at this point, do we even care? I, I mean, honestly, I, I know it's frustrating, but we do this every single year with owners. Oh my God, he's not scoring touchdowns every single year. What does he do, James? He just puts up 1,400 yards, but every single year people get annoyed and frustrated. My argument is, you know what? He's going to be inside the top 10, and that week where he finally does score, it's usually like two and 250 yards. So just enjoy him, and who the hell cares? That being said, um, yeah, I mean, this guy could be an absolute game changer. Um, if he did score touchdowns, but I mean, let's be, I mean, let's be honest at this point, he's probably never going to score a touchdown ever again in his life. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just, it's just ridiculous. You know he's like fifth uh, on the team in red zone targets. It's, I, I can't even, I can't even express to you like how frustrated I, I mean, that's the part of it where it's just like, look, if he's getting the looks and they're, oh, by the way, they're designing appropriate plays for him. It's like, it doesn't have to be every single time this super low percentage fade route into the back of the corner where, you know, listen, it, it's got like a 15% chance of working. People are wondering like, well, why, why don't we just keep throwing that? No, that's a stupid play. Stop throwing that play. Um, the only but, person you know, that I ever worked with consistently was Plaxico Burris for some reason. Every time. 
Yeah, and I don't know. And I think coverages are just different now, you know. Like they, they got guys floating back there now, you know. It's like they're already expecting it, you know. It's I like never understood it then, that much to begin with because it's like, hey, let's take one of the more difficult passes and give it this shrinking, already very difficult spot to throw it into. <laughs> like I, right. I've never understood right. that play. Right. It makes absolutely no sense. I mean, yeah, just throw a jump ball, man. I mean, it's better than throwing I, – I think it's better than throwing a fade. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless you're throwing the fade literally as soon as he gets off the line of scrimmage, you know? Yeah. And but that's it, not what happens. No, it's you know? not. It's like, it's like play action, then fade. You're like, oh, my God, dude. There's like no room on the back of the end zone, man. I think the only time it worked was back when we used to have that push-out rule because then it could be like, oh, yeah, the defender, he would have gotten – Yeah, he pushed him out. Yeah, that, right, that was the, right, that right. interpretation that was back. Could you imagine if that was still around today? Good God. I know, I know, I know. But, yeah, no, look, I, I agree with your point overall that Julio Jones is going to be a top 10, you know, wide receiver. But, you know, uh, and, and, you know, this is the year, actually, where people are a little bit less frustrated because he was actually not drafted as a top two, three, four right. uh, wide receiver. He really was dra- drafted as a top five to ten wide receiver. If you um, own him and, and he goes off this week, do you just try to sell high? No, I don't think so. I mean, the volume is there. I mean, he's seen a lot of targets, um, not the 19 targets he saw in week one, but, um, you know, he, he's, you know, seen a lot of targets, certainly. Uh, the lowest output that he's seen was in week three for against New Orleans for whatever reason, just six targets for him there. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, overall, man, like he's seen a lot of air yards. He's seen, you know, a ton of targets and um, the volume is, is there. Well, the t- I, I, I keep thinking the touchdowns will come, man, but maybe they just never will. I don't know. I don't know. The yardage is there. The receptions are there. In PPR, this guy's gold. So I just want fine. him in my DFS lineup for that week when they do come because, like I said, it's not just a touchdown. It's usually 200 yards and two yep. touchdowns. It's just he goes bananas. All right, so how about carry on in the case of Patricia's boneheadedness? Like, what are we doing here? Like this kind of feels like Doug Peterson, but worse. Like carry on continues to be the clear best option. And he, Patricia continues to say, this is all he's getting. This is all he's getting. This is all he's getting. Like, wait, do we stash carry on and hope that at some point his hand is forced or is this just the proof? And we're going to be dealing with this all year long. I think we're going to be dealing with it. And it's not nearly as frustrating as uh, let's say green Bay with Aaron Jones. Right? Oh, we're getting Green I mean, Bay. I mean, yeah, I mean like, let, let's, let's include them because I did have Green Bay offense in the Mwahaha backfield. <laughs> um, I, I'll, I'll stay with carry-on for right now, but, but carry-on is the lead dog uh, in this backfield. Now, it doesn't mean he's getting necessarily like, you know, elite-level workload, which obviously he is not, uh, but clearly he's the lead guy, you know, and, and, I, and I think that, that part of it is at least encouraging there's going to be games where he has, you know, nice games. And, and then there'll be games where you're just like, Oh my Lord, I wish you got more work. But look, man, at the end of the day, let's be real. This is a Matt Stafford passing team. You know, they've got great weapons on the outside. They might have the best trio of wide receivers in the NFL. Galladay, Marvin Jones, and it's either them or the Rams. Yeah. I mean, from a talent standpoint, I think it's Detroit, man. And, and I like the, what the Rams are doing, but the, the, those guys are scheming those guys open, you know? Yeah. Um, these guys are just straight talented and just, just straight speed. I mean, there's speed everywhere. Marvin Jones got four or five speed. Galladay's got four or five speed. I mean, these guys are just flying around the field. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. To me, it's a passing, it's, it's a passing league and this is a passing team because they've got the talent to do so. 
Um, so wherever carry on fits into that mold is, is, is kind of where his place is in that offense. I'm actually not that frustrated by the carry on Johnson usage, because again, um, I think the, the targets and the touches are going to the appropriate places, to be honest with you. I think, I think the frustration of fantasy, and I'm going to like it, and you'll remember this, it comes down to the Lamar Miller when he was with the Dolphins, why aren't we giving him more touches? Like, this the same situation all over again. Maybe, again, hey, these teams know something, and if we give on 20 touches, he loses his effectiveness. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to that. And, and plus, they like the short yardage hammer guy in uh, LeGarrette Blunt. Uh. And then, and of course, Theo Riddick is, is truly like an elite running back when it comes to a pass catching option. So I, I just think strategically, I think it makes sense, you know? Right. So I'm, it's, it's not as frustrating. Now, it's, you know, if you have carry on, you're kind of like, ah, I wish he got more work. And I'm sure there's a lot of managers out there like, oh, why are they getting so much more? But, I mean, let's just think about it from an X's and O's standpoint. I think, anyways, that it, it actually makes sense, unlike Green Bay, which absolutely makes zero sense. <laughs> so let's talk about that real quick. Uh, you know, I, I made the case, and I have before, that Jamal Williams is a great all-around running back, but Aaron Jones is definitively more explosive. Uh, but it comes down to the pass blocking and all these stuff. This just does not look like it's going to change. And we've talked about this before, and I at least brought it up. It was You just have to sometimes believe the coaches. And just three, two weeks ago, McCarthy said everybody's going to have a role, and they all have a role. Yeah, um, and, and I, I would agree with that um, if it just was just so – if it wasn't just so ridiculous. You know, it's like you can say everyone's going to have a role, but if, if someone is bad at their job, why the <laughs> hell would they have a role? I don't understand. Like, yeah, you could keep saying that. That's fine. But why, I mean, why not just throw the practice squad guy in there? He has a role. To, no, <laughs> you don't do that. You know why? Because he's bad. Like that. That's why you don't do it. Just doesn't make sense. You know, like, so for me, Aaron Jones is not only clearly their most explosive, you know, runner out of the backfield. Um, he's one of their better players, period. So right. it, it just, it, it's, it's fr- that this is frustrating because when, Mike McCarthy says, no, I'm not going to change anything. And, you know, we like our running backs, the rotation that it is. And when you say, no, I'm not going to get Aaron Jones more work, what you're saying is, what you're really saying is, no, I haven't figured out a way to get him work. Um, and I just hate the defeatist mentality that Mike McCarthy has when, he, when he's talking about Aaron Jones. It, it, it's got to be a situation, to me anyways, where I would pref- much prefer, you know, a head coach saying, I have to figure out a way to get him more involved. Yeah, that's a good. You, you know, think, you think Mark McCarthy's the coach next year? Um, if the season is going the way it's going, no. I, I, I just, I don't see how, I don't see how realistically you can bring him back. I mean, this is a team that's pretty talented, man. Um, you know what I mean? And and maybe he gets a pass because Aaron Rodgers got hurt the first game, and they say, oh, well, he was never healthy the entire year. Maybe, maybe. Um, I just look at but, the teams that he's had this entire time and they should have at least, if not more playoff appearances, they should have more championships at this point. Yeah. It's crazy that Aaron, I mean, it's absolutely insane that Rogers has not played in, you know, multiple Super Bowls. Like right. he just hasn't. I, now a lot of that too, I think goes to, um, this has nothing to do with fancy, but they just haven't drafted well, man. Well, um, they finally got rid of Ted. So that's good. Yeah, I mean, they, they really... It up a little bit. 
and they've gotten a little unlucky with you know with injuries on their offensive line too. But man, they're the defensive players they have drafted have all been a hot mess, man. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just. And they haven't really schemed those guys either, too. I mean, I think the defensive scheming has just been atrocious as well. So, uh, I don't know, man. It's It's been a little a combination of, of bad personnel, bad coaching. But speaking of bad coaching, man, I just, like I said, the whole Aaron Jones thing just, <clears throat> it's just, it's extremely <laughs> frustrating. It doesn't make any sense to me at all. You know? no. No, no sense whatsoever. He's so clearly, you're, and, and again, it's like, you know, people say, oh, well, the pass blocking. It's like, for me, I'm just like, look. I can't call BS faster when someone says pass blocking because it's like there are so many ways to get a running back involved. People are like, oh, they'll know you're running the ball if Aaron Jones is in there. And it's like, okay, first of all, who cares? So run the ball because he's running the ball well, obviously. Uh, Secondly, um, it's like, oh, Leonard Fournette's in the game. You don't think teams don't know they're going to run the ball. They're going to run the ball. It's fine. But if they know they're going to run the ball, at some point you run play action. You see what I'm saying? Like that that's how this I think, works. I think, folks. I think their biggest fear is the fact that like Aaron Jones is just invisible if that happens. <laughs> I think that off of like, off of play action. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I it's like I said, so, run the ball or run play action. It's, you want you want super small easy. sample argument? But so I keep bringing that's what I keep bringing up and I bring up the fact to say what we're dealing with right now is that this is why things haven't changed yet. If Aaron Jones can improve his pass blocking, Jamal Williams is not going to be involved. And you're right. And I, I don't disagree with anything you just said, but I just love the counter argument somebody gave me er- earlier this week was Aaron Jones currently has 100% pass blocking. You know how many times he's been asked? 5 that small sample buddy holy crap come on like i'm not saying he can't improve and i kept asking all the beat writers i could when he was coming back has he improved because just make him a capable like remember tiki barber when he finally became like yeah yeah learned the chip just get to that point and we won't have to deal with this anymore so maybe that happened but the problem was he wasn't allowed to practice with the team while he was suspended so hopefully this is changing but two more quick things before we get you out of here for today Lindsay and Devontae Freeman and the question of who are they? Because it felt like for a while there it was like, hey, this might be what we wanted the Titans to be. And Royce Freeman was Derrick Henry. He was actually scoring. And then we hear that from the team that we're going to get him more touches. And then we don't. I felt Lindsay's the only one. I, I'm kind of at the point now where it's similar to the Titans. It's only Deion Lewis. Maybe Royce Freeman will have a game or two. But with this, it's kind of like it's only Philip Lindsay. I don't really want to mess around with it. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I was trying to tell folks that, you know, I thought Freeman was was a sell candidate. Um, and, and obviously his value is going to be pretty low because people over uh, hand-raised, overdrafted for Royce Freeman and obviously has not paid dividends. Right. But his value was being kept afloat by touchdowns, you know, because he had scored three touchdowns in a row. But if you look at the workload usage, you're like, uh, okay, this is a little dicey here. You know, he's only getting like, you know, seven, eight, nine carries a game. Uh, and only generating, you know, 60, 70 yards or whatever it is. And it, it just was dicey proposition. I, I think, and I think we saw that there in week five where he didn't score touchdown and all of a sudden it's like, Out the oh, window. <laughs> okay, this is not great. Uh, and he brings you no PPR value either, like none, you know, because it's oh, just – Oh, yeah, three catches yeah. in that game. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, it's just like I said. But overall, overall he's – 
Man, three feels like that's but, gonna be a hold on, hold on. For everybody, <laughs> three, three feels yeah. like it's gonna I was gonna say, I was just about, for everybody listening, I wasn't well actually I wasn't doing that to Jay. I was that was if you didn't notice, I was saying it tongue in cheek because up until that point, I think he had one or two targets on the season. So I wasn't I was I was definitely tongue in cheek with that one. All right. No, 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 you're right. Cause because what did he get week five? I think he got five targets, but he's got six targets on the season. I was I was pulling this. He's got it was four. It was four with three receptions. He had one target. <laughs> <laughs> one target in week two, one target in week three, zero and zero oh, in the man. other two games. Yeah, yeah. Just with Philip Lindsay too. I just feel like I said, it just feels like that might be a season high in terms of receptions for him. You know, so I don't know, man. Um, yeah, you're right. I think I, I think we know what we got now. Do you, you know, know who you know who has more points in a non PPR so far this year? I would still say Philip Lindsay. You are correct. Um, I would 100% still say Philip Lindsay because. Yeah, I mean the yardage that he's racked up, the, the touchdowns that he's racked up. It's and keep in mind too. Remember, he got kicked out of that one game. Yeah, that's that's what's, uh, that's what's so crazy. Throwing punches, punchy, so punchy McGee, as I said, punchy McGee. Yeah, no, I mean he's been fantastic, man. And and I got to be honest with you, man. All the advanced numbers they they look great for Philip Lindsay. Um, uh, and, and and plus too, like I went back to some of his college tape to watch some of the, the pass blocking. This dude gets after it, man. This oh, dude, yeah, this dude absolutely afraid. gets after it in pass blocking too. So he's going to be on the field. For, is, you know what? Really good. Go back to Aaron Jones. <laughs> if I'm one of the coaches with the Packers, I'm going to pull up that tape and be like, dude, he's got about 30 pounds less than you do. And look at what he's – can you really just not do something similar? <laughs> I mean, there was one game, and I'm telling you, man, I, I, I'm watching Philip Lindsay take on a freaking nose tackle. And this dude had to have been, you know, it's 320 average. pounds. And just, yeah, just uh, he just loads up his legs and at the right exact time just fires up and just yep. <laughs> cracks this guy in the shoulder pad. I'm like, oh my I lord, just this guy's Aaron got Jones no fear. 20 pounds on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Phil Lindsay's like a buck 85 or a buck 90 or something. I think that's, that's, I think that's if you're lucky. I would, I would say like a buck 80. <laughs> yeah. But hey, if you're 5'8", a buck 80, that means you're probably built pretty well. I I would hope so. I mean, he's playing in the NFL. Jeez, I I don't know how he's doing it, but he's he's doing really really well. Um, I will say this among the split between these two guys. So you know, next gen we got this stat called yards gained after close. And again, just very quickly, it's um, when a defender closes to within one yard. So that's tackling distance, right? Right. How many yards can you generate on your own? The reason it's better than yards after contact is. Look, if you're Barry Sanders, you don't want to be contacted, right? <laughs> um, it's an elusiveness measure, right? So it's like it's kind of like, yeah, yards after contact is great for somebody like Marshawn Lynch or like Earl Campbell back in the day, right? It's like they're looking for contact and they want to get by it. But there's so many running backs where that's the whole point is to not be touched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, plus, so, I mean, if you get an arm swipe on you and then run for 50 yards, that's all yards after contact. Yeah, that's true too. So this is a, I think this is just a much more accurate measure of elusiveness, right? So it's yards gained after close. Royce Freeman actually leads the team um, with 4.4 yards gained after close. Uh, you know, league average is around 3.6. So 4.4 is really good. 4.4 uh, is extremely good. Now, Philip Lindsay, surprisingly, uh, it is above league average at 3.8, but not really that much above three, you know, above league average. But you look at his yards per carry, and you're like, whoa, he's like averaging almost six yards per carry. It's because his line is giving him great push, man. It's yeah. giving him great, he's, he's great push. He's one of the ones that front. needs to be slippery versus, yep. you know, you get, and, and a lot of that content. too. Yeah, and a lot of that too is teams don't necessarily know what to expect from Philip Lindsay. 
So it might be the, def- the, the defenders might take, you know, if they're running out of shotgun, for example, you know, they might take, you know, uh, thinking, okay, it's pass blocking. You know what I mean? Um, and they're not necessarily trying to close gaps or whatever it might be. So, um, you know, maybe Philip Lindsay has taken advantage of that. But, I, I mean, bottom line is the guy's been great. Um, and I will say this, dude, he can absolutely run between the tackles. That, that is for sure a thing that he can do. Um, and I've been incredibly impressed. But uh, that being said, it's not because Royce Freeman is bad. Royce Freeman is a very good player. Uh, oh, he's just not getting the work. Yeah. All right. Last one before we get out of here. Yeah. I'm going to group these three together, and I'm going to set this up as the running backs in the case of what the hell do I do with each one? <laughs> because Dalvin Cook, injury, who the hell knows what his usage is. We saw, you know, I'm kind of leaning more towards if they're going to use him, they've learned their lesson at this point. He has to be at least 90%, but that's me. I don't know. Devontae Freeman all of a sudden has a foot issue on top of everything else and could miss this week and still didn't look that great in his first game back. Granted, it was his first game back. And then Leonard Fournette is how long do you want to wait? Do you buy low? Do you stash him? Because his body is just betraying him at this point from the knees down. So of these three, you can quick fire him, do whatever you want, but it's what are you doing, James? Oh, man. Um, yeah, Dalvin Cook, he's injuring the same leg that he tore the ACL on, right? So, um, you know, the hamstring uh, and stuff, it, it, it's all related to that. Um, so, you know, they would be wise to hold him out for a few weeks um, and just let him heal up. You know? Right, I which mean, that makes is, me think if they actually have him out there, he's got to be near 100%, right? Yeah, you would hope, but that being said, <laughs> it's it might be it might be a situation of a young player just getting out there too early. You know what I mean? Right. Um, and that happens, dude. That happens all the time. Um, so yeah, if, if it would behoove them if the medical staff just basically said, "Nah, man, you got to sit out for the next couple of weeks," that that would be interesting. Um, I don't necessarily think that NFL staffs do that. So <laughs> if a player says he's good to go, he's going to be good to go, man. Like he's going to play. Um, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily trust it. Look, if I, if I could sell Dalvin cook, I would, um, I would absolutely trade away Dalvin cook. Um, I, you know what though? I, I I'll be full disclosure. I'm not a big Dalvin cook guy. I really am not. I okay. think he's a, I think he's a super, uh, great asset out of the backfield an unbelievable pass catcher. And once you get him in open space, he is, he's dangerous. I don't like him as a between the tackles guy. I don't think he's really all that good. Um, you know, running the ball between the tackles. Uh, the offensive line, too, with Minnesota is, is shaky at best, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't feel any kind of way about trying to trade him away because I was never really a huge Dalvin Cook guy anyways. Um, but, yeah, if you got him, I would definitely try to trade him away because I think this injury is going to linger and I think it's going to, you know, be problematic throughout the entire year, um, as we've seen in the early parts, you know? So uh, that's somebody that I would try to trade away. Devontae Freeman on uh, for sure, I would try to fra- trade away because um, this is a guy who, look, I love Devontae Freeman. I love his game. Um, that being said, I mean, we are talking about a guy who's, you know, 5'8", 200 pounds uh, and has had a lot of work Well, let me the throw, last three let years. me throw, for instance, your way then because this is what probably the value you're going to get because this is at least what I've seen on Twitter and in the chat and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Lamar Miller for Devontae Freeman. Do you just take the healthy person or you say, nah, never mind? <laughs> Well, I mean, neither one of those guys is truly healthy, right? So true, true, fair. I probably, right, wouldn't, okay, I probably wouldn't take that. How about Kenyon Drake? Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 
way. That is such that's a, such a tough call. I mean, no one in their right mind would take that trade, right? Cuz I mean, Kenyon Drake has had one good year, one good week. Well, I mean, the if reason, you're one in four and you have to start theoretic. I mean, I know, I know. And the and the reason I'm I'm hesitating is because I am a big Kenyon Drake fan. I think he I think do we all are except things. for Adam Gase, aren't we? I know. <laughs> but by the way, does Adam Gase survive? I mean, it's just it has been a train wreck in Miami. And, you know, for a team that's supposed to – look, Gase is an offensive guy. This is one of the worst offenses in the league. With like seven it has been, wide receivers. It, it, and it has been for the last, you know, few years. This is not – at this point, we're past rebuilding, and now we're just in a trend. It's like, no, you've got your guys. You shipped away J.I.J.I. You've got all your guys now. You know what I mean? It's like, where is the offense? The offense is still trash. You know what I mean? So – I don't know if yeah, I don't know I don't know if Gase is going to be around, but if he is, it's he's going to be on short lease. I hope he's next year. But yeah, but Devontae Freeman, man, like like I said, he's just gotten you know for a smallish back. I think he's gotten so much work, um, and I think we are starting to see um, you know some of the wheels start to you know corrode a little bit. You know what I mean? So um, I would definitely try to sell um, while you can. Um, I just don't one, think he gets and back. Oh, you're buying Fournette. If you're, yeah, four and one, five and yeah, hundred um, percent. I think that's an ideal situation to try and go get Fournette. If they are truly serious about keeping him out until week ten, um, that's actually a great opportunity for a team that is five and zero, oh, four and one. You know what I mean? Because that mm-hmm. means he'll be pretty healthy, unless they're unless they're hiding an injury, which is totally possible. Um, you know, I've seen some people have hot takes and stuff online about, oh, you know, this guy, you know, there's um, more to it. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, there might be Jamal Charles, and they brought in Bo Scarborough, which that, yeah, that they brought I think that's that was the more interesting. Not that I'm super high on Scarborough, but you signed Charles and brought in Scarborough. Like that to me says, I mean, because you have Corey Grant still, unless something happened to Corey Grant that we don't know about. That's a lot of bodies to say, yeah, we're sure Leonard Fournette's going to be fine. I think Corey Grant, uh, I'd have to check this now that you say it, but I think Corey Grant got put on IR. Oh, is that what happened? I think so. I'm going to pull um, it up you're talking. How yeah, let me, let me, the, let me take a look. Google because... machine. <laughs> Corey Grant. Oh, yeah, I missed that news. Good call. That happened yeah. Uh, yeah, earlier this week. Well, that explains yeah, so that. Cor- yeah, so, so, you know, they don't want to just roll in there with TJ Yeldon, who, quite frankly, is not that great, you know? So. No. Um, I like the moves, you know, like Jamal Charles is going to be, is still a great pass catcher out of the backfield. And keep in mind too, like this is a guy that last year averaged, you know, something like 4.2 yards per carry or something. That's the exact, yep. That's the exact number. <clears throat> um, which is pretty good, you know, all things considered. Um, I mean, that was a team that was not great and everyone said Jamal Charles was done. And, you know, quite frankly, I think he was pretty efficient. So, um, I'm intrigued. Man, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm actually intrigued by Jamal Charles there in, in Jacksonville. <laughs> um, because if he's the pass-catching guy, if he's the pass-catching guy in PPR, I, I think he could do worse, quite honestly. Um, I think he's worth a, a stash in 12-teamers, and in 14-teamers, I think he's worth a pickup for sure. What level um, do you have to be at to stash Boris Scarborough? Oh, that's – Scarborough's such an interesting talent, man, you know, because – I mean, is he just a byproduct of, of an uh, Alabama offensive line, which we've seen again and again and again and again and again? <laughs> or is he a legit guy, you know? Um, he is a huge, huge man, um, and he's got legit speed. So, you know, you would think that this guy could do some 
some things. And I tell you what, if Jacksonville wants to stay with that power run game and they just want to keep force feeding it, you know, they could do a hell of a lot worse than force feeding it with a guy who's, you know, 250 pounds. Yeah. Well, see, and that was my thought more than anything is TJ Yeldon has not been a picture of health for his career. And true. So, you know, if the, the, the chips fall, they're not going to start turning to Jamal Charles as the lead. And, you know, in a deep league, obviously we're talking big rosters or even it's a yeah, 12 yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a stash just, I mean, this is a pure, not a handcuff, but this is a pure, like something else happens. Yeah, I, I would think that, you know, Bo Scarborough, again, he was kind of a, a fifth-round pick. You know, he was on Dallas's practice squad. They cut him this week, and then he got a tryout with, uh, with Jacksonville. Is, has he been signed there? Because I think I just saw he got a, a tryout. No, Although actually, they have been trying out. A, did is, they actually sign him? Yeah, and that, the only reason I know is because somebody – their question to me was, thoughts on Bo Scarborough? And I was like, I, I hate that question to begin <laughs> It's like, but, I don't know. Dude. Do you mean, just got yes, there are many. Yeah. Which one do you want? Uh, so he was, okay, he was signed to their practice squad. Okay, so he was signed to Jacksonville's practice squad yes. now. Yes, yes. Okay, got it. Um, th- this, and this is why I was more intrigued by Jamal Charles than, than Bo Scarborough. If they had just out and out signed Bo Scarborough, and said, okay, T.J. Yeldon, you're going to be um, – well, it's interesting. They actually have two Alabama backs. But uh, T.J. Yeldon, you're going to be the pass catcher. And well, those forget, they, they also have an Arkansas back, too, because they signed David Williams, too. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but, yeah, but, no, they actually did the opposite, right? They actually signed Jamal Charles right. um, to a deal. And, you know, it looks like he's going to get some work here. So I, I'm much more intrigued by, by Charles than I am by, by Scarborough. and. I think Scarborough, you could leave on the waiver wire for right now. I mean, the guy's a practice player. I mean, why are you, Why would you add a practice squad player to your roster? That just seems, that seems like you're getting way out in front of it a little bit too much, you know? Well, because Brandon Wilds went to the IR too. So, I mean, yeah, this is, that, that's a mess. Yeah, you're right. You're just trying to pick at something there. But. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, I think Jamal Charles is worth a stash in deeper leagues, um, especially if you're, if you if you have the roster space, I mean, what the hell? Why not? Why, why not? It's, we've yeah. seen stranger things before. Hey, Hager and Peter. 100%. Don't so you never know. But, uh, yes, Kono's on Friday tomorrow. I kept you for 40 minutes today. I, I apologize. So make sure. <laughs> it's all good, man. Follow James D. Co. And, again, remind everybody where they can follow you in case they somehow didn't catch the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, on Twitter, James Deco, I do a pretty good job of trying to answer uh, as many questions as possible. And I throw out a bunch of next-gen stuff, uh, whether you find it interesting or not. I don't know. Uh, but nerd. I throw out a bunch of next-gen. <laughs> yeah, it's super, dude, it is super nerdy. But, yeah, it's, I, I, I throw out a bunch of next-gen stuff on Twitter. Uh, I write about it for The Athletic. Colin comes out every Friday. And, again, every Sunday morning, hour before kickoff, DirecTV, Channel 704. It's the Fantasy Zone. It's a great show, man. If you like fantasy, um, look man this is this is absolutely the show for you we go to every single game we stay with you an hour before kickoff and all through the afternoon games as well so i mean it's like eight nine hours of of just football and fantasy football talk so it's it's pretty great man um and we show you all the games too we do it red zone style and people seem to not understand this about this particular show they're like so you show every game it's it's like i'm like yeah it's not a studio show we don't just sit there and you see our, you know, smiling faces for eight hours because who the hell would want to do that? Maybe Kay Adams because she's, you know, a, a, a beautiful woman. But <laughs> you don't want to see Co on screen for eight hours. That doesn't make any sense. That's uh, true. But, 
yes, this is definitely true. My wife doesn't want to see me for eight hours on screen. I mean, let's be real. So, <laughs> but no, we show we go game to game to game. We're actually on on screen. The talent is on screen actually very very little. We go game to game. Like you said, it's like the red zone. You don't. We don't see exactly the, like the entire time. Exactly. Exactly. You know. So yeah. So yeah. It's uh, we go game to game to game. We show you all the highlights too. You won't miss a touchdown. Um, you won't you won't miss a big play. We promise you. Uh, and and we just sit there and we just talk about fantasy. We talk about targets, yards. You know, um, I'll, I'll throw out some next gen stats every now and again. And uh, you know, and we get it going. So yeah, man, it's a lot of fun. And and like I said, if you love fantasy, you'll love this show. Yeah, don't tell Siciliano, but I like this one better than the red zone. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Perfect. <laughs> there you go. James will be back next Thursday as always. Make sure you check out Code Nose and all his work and all the stats that he throws out on Twitter. I enjoy them. You should as well. At least try to learn these things. It'll help you be a better player. But until next time, I appreciate it again, James. See you. And now we're going to talk a little 49ers. A lot of things going on with that team. Injuries, questionable backfield situation, injuries at the wide receiver position too. So to do that, we're going to bring in Matt Barrows from The Athletic, covers the 49ers for us and uh, has a lot of great information. So let's jump in with him and figure these things out. Uh, you can follow me at, at Matt Barrows on Twitter. <laughs> and then, of course, on the uh, Athletic SF uh, website, which uh, is chock full of stuff every day, including this morning. Yeah, which there's a lot going on with your 49ers right now, obviously. Uh, the biggest situation. Talk about this backfield. Uh, Brita, well, I'm going to make some assumptions, and you just tell me where I'm wrong or what we can look for going forward. Is I'm assuming, given the injury, that Brita's out for at least one week. Uh, and then we're looking at Alfred Morris and Yushchik in the backfield for this. Really haven't seemed to be much that they've added for the situation. So for fantasy owners out there, should we plan on this being an Alfred Morris backfield? Is Yushchik going to step in and potentially have more work like we've seen from Breed in the past that kind of makes him a PPR interest? Or what do you see shaking out here? And can we hope that Brita is back by next week? Well, I think there is a slim hope that he might even be able to play in this upcoming game. Um, very slim. Uh, Kyle Shanahan called him probably doubtful. So uh, we'll have to wait today. This is sort of the day that they're going to make a lot of uh, decisions on what's going to happen in Green Bay. Um, I, w- I certainly wouldn't count on Brita. So, yes, that does make Alfred Morris the top running back. And then there's a, a question about whether they'll bring up their uh, practice squad running back, whose name is Jeff Wilson. He played at North Texas last year. And he, to me, he's a lot like uh, Alfred Morris. Uh, he's a, a younger version of Morris. So it may be that those two guys are uh, A and B in that game. And then, yeah, they, they do use Kyle Juszczyk a lot to the point where uh, George Kittle is their leading receiver in receiving yards. Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback, is number two. Uh, so that, that speaks to the caliber of wide receivers, but it also shows that Juszczyk is uh, being heavily involved in the offense, especially the passing game, um, and, you know, would be a very sneaky play in fantasy. Um, you know, the, the numbers he's had have been really, really fantastic for a fullback, uh, but uh, overall they've been just okay, I think, for a, a fantasy starter. There's nobody like if somebody's in a 16 team league and just does, there should be no interest in Mostert. Should there be just for this ineffectiveness and for the fact he fumbled the ball? Yeah, I mean, on paper, Mostert should be really good. I mean, he's one of the fastest guys on this team. Right. He's super strong. That's what makes him a great special teamer. Uh, he's their best gunner. 
but boy, every time he gets on the field in the regular season, <laughs> and it's just like a couple of snaps uh, a year, uh, something uh, awful happens, and it happened on his first snap on Sunday, a fumble. So it's hard, very hard to see him earning more snaps unless it, there's another injury. Uh, but uh, he does have to be ready to go as the number three back. But that's my guess is that um, no matter how it uh, you know works out, he's still the number three guy, which means that just a few scant snaps. And uh, no, do not add him to your uh, starting roster. Well, given this matchup and the fact that it is the Packers and he expects points to be scored, is there for the fact that there is no let's let's go down that road. Let's assume as of today, at least. And obviously, as you said, this could change. But let's assume Breida is out. Is it going to be a very simple of, you know, Alfred Morris just isn't using the passing game if they get from behind a lot of use or because there isn't a lot of options behind them that this could be one of the games where, you know, what even if they are behind, you don't have to worry about Alf getting pulled off the field. Yeah, I mean, Alf uh, came into this year with a reputation as a as a poor pass catcher, and I'm not sure whether that's just because uh, he never did it before or whether he doesn't have the skills. He's actually been pretty good uh, to this point. He hasn't been used heavily, but when, when he is, um, he's caught everything that's come his way. So it, it wouldn't be, I don't think, an awful start. I think he would get uh, a fair amount of short pass plays and things like that, especially if they fall behind early. Um, you know, to me, the Marquise Goodwin is a big pivotal uh, player in all this. I mean, if, if they can't stretch the field like they couldn't against the Cardinals, they're going to have to rely on that short uh, passing game, a lot of screens, uh, this and that, um, which they did too fairly well against the Cardinals. Uh, Bethard had over 300 passing yards but it's not something that you can lean on week in and week out and so uh, that's why I think there's a uh, a very big hope that Goodwin does play and uh, my suspicion is that he will well let's talk about him then specifically because there was tons of excitement around him because of his ability to stretch the field because of the rapport that we saw building with him and Garoppolo obviously this situation has changed significantly but Goodwin's also been hurt hasn't really had much of a chance to even get in sync with Beathard because of the injury. So is this a situation? Well, I'll give you an example. A lot of people are asking me, hey, I need to drop somebody. Can I drop Goodwin? Are you being patient and you want to see a fully healthy Goodwin with Beathard? Or I'll tie in another person. He looked Trent, tell, Trent Taylor's a lot, his way a lot in the second half of last week especially. Is this still Goodwin as the top option? Or I hate, again – it's all relative, but is he potentially droppable at this point now? Well, he hasn't been healthy since the second quarter of week one. That's where he had that, that quad injury. Uh, and he's been kind of yo yo-yoing between, say, I don't know, 75% and 90% since then. And now he's got a quad and a hamstring. Um, so, I mean, if you're dropping him, you're dropping him because you're, you're fed up. Um, he's kind of reverted to his Buffalo form where he's never healthy for any any stretch of the season but if he were healthy he'd be uh by far the team's best and, and most explosive uh wide receiver and uh cj bethard is not jimmy garoppolo but he does throw a pretty good deep ball um which pairs nicely with uh uh marquise goodwin's strength so i would be patient um, but I realized that uh, here we are at midseason and uh, people have gotten nothing from um, him to this point. 
uh, you know, from a, from a team standpoint, he really does – is a big key to what they do because he stretches the field and it creates space in the middle for Pierre Garçon and for George Kittle and for those running backs, uh, for Trent Taylor, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, from an, uh, a total offense standpoint – um, he does remain essential, but uh, yeah, I, I can see people being on the fence about whether keeping him from this point on. All right, well then, let's let me get you out of here on this one and go back to Trent Taylor real quick because we'll take we'll play the other side. People people in deeper leagues, people looking at what happened last week and seeing some, like I said, the usage starting to go his way quite a bit. He was second on the team in targets. He got the touchdown. Uh, is there anything, because I feel like we did this last year too with Trent Taylor, is there anything potentially here where there's some type of rapport building between him or if Goodwin is healthy, it kind of just kicks him out of the equation? Well, he did spend the offseason with Bethard. Uh, he and, and Kittle um, and uh, Bethard spent the offseason in Nashville throwing together, so ostensibly that helped uh, the chemistry question. And uh, he did come on at the end of this last game um, you know, going back to having to rely on that short game, that includes uh, Trent Taylor. I, I will say that defenses have figured out that Trent Taylor is a guy that uh, both of these quarterbacks like to look to on third downs. And so what they do is they basically mug Trent Taylor, who's, uh, uh, what, 5'7", 180 <laughs> pounds. I mean, he's not a huge he's lucky. guy <laughs> built on quickness. And, and what defenses are doing is just getting their hands on him and making sure that he's not an option on third down. And uh, you saw that uh, earlier in the season with uh, Garoppolo taking a lot of third down snaps because he's looking for Trent Taylor to break free, and uh, he's just not able to. So uh, you, you do have that, uh, that dichotomy going on. He is the guy they look to on third down, but he's, he's somebody that defenses have figured out how to stop on third down as well. I can't see him having – uh, a consistent number of big days from here on out because of that. All right. Well, I really appreciate the insight, Matt. Uh, tell everybody, again, where they can find you, follow your work, uh, find you on Twitter, all, all the good stuff. Yeah, uh, very simple. Uh, on Twitter, at Matt Barrows, and then at the uh, Athletic uh, Bay Area uh, website, which is uh, uh, Athletic SF. So uh, lots of good stuff there. We uh, put something new up uh Every day, sometimes uh, two or three times a day. So uh, always something to new, uh, something new to read at that spot. All right, and I'll be rooting for Marquise Goodwin because I actually have him on three of my teams stashed away. There you, so. go. you you're, you're, you haven't lost faith in Marquise. <laughs> Not yet. I'll, I'll give him one more week on your advice. One more week. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll, I'll let him know in the locker room that that, the on. <laughs> that that I gave him the one more week. That always goes over well with the players, right? Yeah, yeah, they love hearing about that stuff. <laughs> All right, thanks again, Matt. I really appreciate it. All right, talk to you soon, Jake. First of all, you're stupid. Big, dumb, Because you're dumb! Big, fat, meanie, you're an idiot! What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points. And may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but uh... that's me. All right, well, you heard the music, so you know what time it is. It is week six time for the meanie. Chris Meanie joins us, and I say, oh, I don't know why, it joins me. It is now us, and Chris is officially with us. I can say that. That's the, we can now make the announcement, Chris. You were writing 
somewhere and doing basketball somewhere, right? Yes, somewhere. Somewhere good. Join the team. Join the fantastic team at the Athletics. Super, super pumped. Um, yes. Um, been looking forward to this for a long time, Jake. As you know, it's been it's been hush hush. You've known for for a little bit now, and yeah, it's it's a great team led by yourself and Nando Dufino and just some some great people over there. So I'm very very excited to to be with the team. And yeah, you're right, NBA. It's basketball time, man. It, it kind of just sneaks up on you with with everything else going on and baseball playoffs. And here we are, week six. And you know that I'm a hockey fan, and all hockey's already started. And then basketball is just boom. So well, the whole draft kit is over there at the at, at athletic, and I'll be doing some live. Yes, there's the whole page for. By the way, two quick things. Just in case you're listening, Nando, you notice he said led by me and you, not you <laughs> and me. <laughs> the other part, yeah, like you said, it's the entire kit. You can get all the links on one page if you look for the fancy basketball kit, but the sleepers are out. I, just, I was actually just tweeting that for you today. The sleepers, I've been digging through. You have the positions for new places by point guard, shooting guard, like all of them. So everything you can find pretty much in there. The rankings are out. Everything's there. It's uh, cause it, Basically, I, I'm getting the feeling it's kind of like by 2019, if you're not working for the athletics, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it Man, like good people over there. Nando's grabbed some some great minds. So yeah, this is this is fantastic, man. It's a great start. Yeah, you, like you said, rankings over there. Just your category rankings and your point point leagues as well, because I know a lot of people play uh, with points now more so than categories. Yes. Uh, also, uh, if you didn't know, I have a link to share now. Man, it's not. No, no. It's 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 check the link as always, but. A link that can save, if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed and you want to get involved and follow Chris Meany as well as myself and everybody, you can at now, there's a discount link, Chris. There's a, this is a, you just don't get my ranks. Now you get a discount when you Ooh. check the link. So yeah, if you go to the athletic.com front slash all in sports for this podcast, you get the free trial or you could do what Chris has and you can go to, well, it's the discount too. It's the 30% off. You can go, Chris, I'm sure you have one, don't you? For the basketball kit. Yes, yes, that, that that's going to be tweeted out. You can find on my Twitter. Don't go to that one. <laughs> yeah, do Jake a favor. Go to go to his. No, no, no. Get enough clicks. No, no, seriously. Here. Yeah, if you sign up for the basketball, sign up under Chris's, so it's fair. Like, like, please do. <laughs> yes, uh, we'd appreciate that for all the NBA minds. We'll be covering basketball all year long, so you know, don't hesitate to ever ask questions, and we'll you know we'll have a waiver wire piece up there as well. So it's all good. All kinds of great I, stuff up there. At the risk of ticking off everybody since it's been a minute and a half and we haven't even got to the ranks yet, yeah. I do. It's We sidebar. I don't care. We sidebar on the show. If you don't want to sidebar on the show, don't listen to the show. I don't care. Basketball. Because you are the basketball person. I do want to ask you this. And I pay attention enough to basketball, too. I know the main storylines. I know that we basically have four teams that are worth paying attention to this year. But I do want to ask you, Jimmy Butler, where do you fall in there? Are you... Are you behind like, hey, he's firing up this team? Yeah, there. Are you on the, he's kind of a putz and a jerk for the stuff that he said? Or because my, I'll tell you why. Because my initial reaction was like, what a a-hole, trade him. But that's what he wants, so I don't want to trade him. All right, but if I'm going to get rid of him, then maybe I'll purposely, I'll send him to Atlanta or Memphis so he can just go rot. But then I saw the interview afterwards and where he was saying, you know what? If somebody would have came up to me and been like, dude, that wasn't the cool way to do it, I probably would have been like, yeah, you know, right? You were. But I just got fired up. It's the first time I played ball in a year or whatever it was and all that type of stuff. And I just got fired up. And, you know, it just was everything, my emotions at one time. So 
I don't know. I'm conflicted on this. Like on the one side of it, I'm like, dude, you're a putz. And then on the yeah. other side, I'm like, I can kind of understand. I've been upset in sports before. Of course. Yeah. I mean, if you're Jimmy Butler and you play in the NBA, any professional sports, you don't even have to play professional sports. You're competitive and you have a competitive edge. So the fact that he was, you know, he took the second teamers and third teamers and, and beat the, you know, the starters yesterday and, and, and basically went at Carl Anthony Towns and said, you know, you can't stop me. You need me to win. I get that competitive. That edge, was the part that got me. The, yeah. The, that I'd be here. I don't like it, man. I really don't. To answer your question, you should know you're a Bulls guy. Like Jimmy has just been an issue everywhere. He talks a lot and he, you know, he can back it up. He's a, he's a phenomenal basketball player, but I just don't like this at all. It's, it's not a good fit. It puts Minnesota in a tough situation. It's awkward in the locker room. Yeah. Deal with, with Jimmy Butler. You, you need to trade him. You needed to trade so, him for, you know, training camps opened up. It's, it's, just, it's just a bad situation. Right. And, and you know what? It's not even the teammates as much. Like, you know what? If, hey, Carl Anthony Towns, you're playing soft, uh, whatever. Maybe he has been. Maybe this team needs a fire lit under their whatever. The insubordination is what gets me. Just because my entire life, like, it just the, the respecting of authority has always been a big thing. And I know there's a lot of people out there, and I know a current state, the things that we're in and stuff, people are going to be like, whatever. I, you still respect authority. You still respect positions. And Tom Thibodeau is still in the position of he is your boss, head coach-wise. Yes, there are people above him. But to say what he said to Thibodeau, like, I have no problem. Like, people are going to snap. And now this, like you said, this comes to all sports. This doesn't come to basketball just well. We've seen Tom Brady yell with Bill Belichick. Oh, yeah. And I don't, right. And I don't, like, that relationship we know. I don't know Butler's relationship, but to your point, you said Bulls fans. Like, this actually goes back where there's always been, like, a cantankerous relationship between the two of them. The what he said is almost kind of like, I, it, I want to see that he, he talked with Tom. Like, they actually made up because the, the whole, like, you need me here. You like, the, again, go, everybody read what happened. Like, the what he said to Thibodeau, that, that's the part that really burns me. Yeah, and it's it's just so awkward too. Like you have a young Wiggins there who's who's been dealing with Butler, and then you have Wiggins's brother who's calling out Butler, and and then Teague had posted this cryptic message on Instagram yesterday, and then and then you just come at your star and Carl Anthony Towns like he's the star, he's the franchise of that team. Like sure, I don't care if he's playing soft in practice or not. Like he's he's phenomenal, and you know already that Butler is going to leave this team. Like he's not going to resign there. He's right. going to leave. He wants out. It's just, I don't know if I'm Thibodeau and I'm the organization, this guy's traded today and I don't even care. Like you're <laughs> going to lose. It's in a situation where you're, you're up against the wall. He wants to trade. Everybody knows it. You're going to get low. That, and that's the other part of it. It's like, I, I kind of feel like this was a little bit of trying to force his issue. He was, he was, Butler's trying to force his issue to be traded. He's, he wasn't traded. He's not happy. Now he has to go to the team, which he, you know, that yesterday was the first time he joined the team season starts like next week. So he's ticked off to begin with. Yeah. He probably wants to be a member of the Clippers and the Rockets, but whatever, man, like you got to play with your contract. Don't be a baby and figure this out. But I, I, I don't see a scenario where he's not traded. And in fantasy, it's like hands off Jimmy, like don't touch Jimmy because it's not a great situation. He's coming off knee surgery. He's been dealing with like basically one knee, despite playing really good basketball over the past couple of years. He's going pretty early, um, despite that injury. And who knows? Maybe he does get traded to the Houston Rockets. Like his value oh, would, God. would not be great with the Houston Rockets, uh, with Harden and Paul there and Mello and yeah, oh God, exactly. <laughs> but that's the NBA. Would you be shocked? No. no, all these guys are teaming up and playing on one team. So I would not be shocked at all.
See, and that's uh, to wrap this up. That's the one final straw of the whole thing to me. Is it's not just that it like this is more of a collective. It's like he's forcing his issue, but it just feels like everybody's doing this in the NBA now. It's like I don't want to be here. I'm going to force my way out. Like it's just this is the one of the the four major sports where it seems like the players are just way too powerful. And I, you know me. I always argue on the side of the player, especially when it comes to getting money in the contracts and situations and stuff like that, especially, especially, especially in football. But this just kind of feels like, a, hey, I'm going to go play for the Rockets, Warriors, or Celtics, so I'm going to force my issue. Maybe what I said four teams. Maybe the Sixers. Are those the, basically the four teams that we can hope for? Yeah, I mean, the Raptors will be good in the East, but yeah, it's... I wasn't sure. That's what, I didn't know if the Raptors were still yeah, good or not. They are. They're, they're actually better, you know, with Kawhi than, than DeRozan, but... Um, well, and you know how to pronounce Lowry this season, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, not, actually. It's not, it's not Kyle. Yeah. It's Kyle. Yeah, it's Kyle. Like Kyle Drago. It's Kyle uh, Lowry. Again, I think we talked about this last week. These guys just come out of nowhere, and all of a sudden their names change for, for years, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. Lowry's been a little bit of a baby too with that whole trade. They're gonna be in a baby. Divas, man, these guys are divas. Player contracts. Well, uh, hey, you know what? Speaking uh, of all of this, yeah, uh, let's talk about Love Bell. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Good call. Uh, no, just real quick. I, this, so as we were getting ready to do this, there's a tweet that came out covering this that said, "If Le'Veon Bell is smart and he really is reporting next week, he should report on Friday." Because if he reports on Friday, can't play, but he can be there for the practice. And then because of that, the team has to pay him this week despite not playing and then getting the buy next week. So he would get an extra week of his paycheck. Hey, man. Um, so we might have an answer tomorrow. Nice. I hope we do because it's, it's frustrating, man. Like, I don't know Lev Bell anywhere. I don't know if I want him. No, I changed it. It's, it's, it's Love Bell. Love Bell. Love Bell. Like, I don't. I don't own him anywhere. I don't know if I want him. I've been offered him. I feel like I could get him. It's just such a tricky situation. Uh, I want to see it cleared up. I want to see him back on the football field, man. He's just so fun to watch. Uh, I got tagged yesterday in, in a post on Instagram. It's like, Bell to the Eagles. And I was like, no, that's, no, not happening. that's not going to happen. But I got super excited for a second. Well, Sean McCoy but, might happen. Yeah, you know, at this point, you take him and see what happens Thursday night. But yeah, let me for- let me ask you about that since we're yeah. talking about it. You know, you're the Eagles fan, but I mean, we can digest this from a, a non fanmanship area. But yeah, Le'Veon Bell does get traded. Let's just throw it out there. Let Le'Veon Bell gets traded to the Eagles. Is this, uh, hey, guess what? He's a rock solid top 15, and I'm going to call him fringe RB1 because he's not obviously a rock solid RB1 at this point of his career. Or is it, no, he's still an RB two because Clement and Smallwood and Sproul, like this is still Doug Peterson, and I, I don't expect him to get much more work than he was getting before, just on a new team. No, man, that'd be crazy. Like I know it's Doug Peterson, but you're you're talking about Shady? Yeah. Okay. No, I, I, it's Doug. <laughs> you say it's Doug Peterson. Like, I, know, I, legit, I, know. I legitimately I, think the reason they're not interested in Le'Veon Bell is because of Doug Peterson. Like, he's like, no, I don't want a Bell cow. <laughs> like, no, stop. I'm not going to use somebody 70% of the game. You just look somewhere else. Yeah, Deuce Staley's like, no, no, no. We want Bell, man. We need to stop <laughs> rotating out these mediocre running backs. Doug yeah. Peterson says, no, give me three. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, I, I feel, it, obviously, if it was Bell, like, I, he'd definitely get a lot of the work. Uh, no, I yeah, but LaShawn McCoy. But if it was LaShawn McCoy, 
Yeah, you bring up a good point because you know it. We've we've talked about this numerous times. He's going to rotate through all of his backs. He did it with Ajayi and Blunt, especially in the Super Bowl. Like Ajayi and Blunt looked pretty good, and he still, you know, mixed in Clement, and they were all getting touches. So I think that Shady would, if he was there with the Eagles, yeah, I'd see him as like a 14, uh, at least 14 touches, and then just kind of sprinkling everybody else the way that he does things. But Shady would be a, an upgrade for sure in this in this office. And the office would be upgrade for him. So even if he was yes. getting the rotational touches and not much more than we like, not much more consistent touches than he was with Buffalo, he'd look at least great. The offenses. I'm confident that he would. He looked great last week, and I'm super confident that he would look good back in that Philly green. Guaranteed, man. He's one of those guys that just – he really does play with that chip on his shoulder. He really does care what people think about him. He has pride. He wants to get to the, the milestone. He wants in the hall. Like He wants all of those numbers. And to be back in Philadelphia where the offense has struggled, the offensive line has struggled. Guys, you know, not done a good job pass blocking at all. Wentz has been hit numerous times. It would just be a good addition to the offense. See, you know what? If I was in football, any sport, I want a LaShawn McCoy on my team. Absolutely. I want, I, I want the guy. And I, look, this pains me. I'm a Giants fan. I didn't love seeing what he was doing against the Giants for plenty of time. But I always liked him as a player. Like there's, there's players I go through history. Like actually, somebody bought me a Ladanian Tomlinson because of how much I liked the Jersey. How much bought me? An, yeah, they bought me. <laughs> a, I had my own Ladanian Tomlinson. <laughs> They bought me a jersey thinking, you know, those people that don't understand sports and understand that, hey, don't buy jerseys for teams you don't root for. But because I was such a big fan of his of all the time, like, so, you know what the funniest one, too, is? And we are going to get to the rankings. We have been talking sports uh, and actually relative sports to fantasy as well. Uh, I'm a UNC fan. And one of my aunts, when I was growing up, bought me a Duke shirt, thinking oh. like it really, yeah, it didn't matter. Oh, it's, it's, it's North Carolina basketball. <laughs> nope. Nope. Doesn't work that way. I'm with you, though. Like, I, I would rock a jersey of, a, you know, an athlete that I like. You know, it'd be tough to, to you know. Right now, who would you? Anything, who, or anything, but. Yeah, well, no. Right now, if you had a jersey that wasn't one of your teams. Um. Like I like Odell Beckham Jr. staying with the rivalry and the Eagles and the Giants. Um, wow. <laughs> I, I kind of just said that because I do, um, but I'm 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 a big fan of his talent. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of just rivals off the top of my head, but LT, like, how could you not like him? Like, especially if you played fantasy back in the day and you had him on one of your teams, or you just watched him play football and just respected what he did. And he just, he was unbelievable to watch. It was like people watch Kamara now. And I know last week, whatever, but people watch Kamara over the, you know, the first 20 games of his career. And they just think, Oh, like that was LT man. Like double that LT was doing that every single day. It was, it was so fun to watch. One of the leagues I played in that year when LT scored 20 billion touchdowns <laughs> is it was some, so stupid. I joined it after it was people from my church and it was points. It was just such points for the season. You, the guy who owned LT, it wasn't even Matt. He ran away with the league. He beat the, everybody by like 50 points. It, didn't even, it was over by like week 13 just because it was like, hey, you have LaDainian Thomas in. You won. Congratulations. And that was back when everybody had a good running back because yes. that was back in the day of like the first round and a half was mostly running backs. Yeah, for sure. I was thinking too, like before we get out of, out of the basketball talk, well, you because you brought we it up. Did. Don't bring it back. Everybody's <laughs> already mad. <laughs> I got it for just a quick second. I'm a huge Dallas Mavericks fan, so like I have Dirk and like Nash jerseys. Um, 
you know. In oh, right. And I and I grew up just despising the San Antonio Spurs, and like I didn't like them at all. It was always the Spurs, always played them. They got they always got the best of Dallas, and then Duncan and Robinson, and then you go to Parker and Ginobili. Like I did not like Dun- Duncan growing up and watching him, but damn, did I ever respect the way that he played basketball and how good he was. So like I would have no problem. Having, the, like, the, the most boring, awesome player of all yes. time. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, oh, come on. Like, when I was younger, I was like, this guy sucks. Like, he just sits there and banks off the glass. Like, that's so boring. Like, but he was so effective. <laughs> he was amazing. So, and I have now I have to ask you real quick. Yeah. How the hell are you? Adel- you're, you're like, you picked the most, like, Random, yeah, bottom right. city of the United States all the way up there. How did you end up with the Mavericks? I don't know. Like, I, when I was real young, I watched the Bulls. I, I, I saw all their championships in Jordan. And I would think I was just too young to really expect how, you know, to appreciate how good Jordan was. And, and then he left in the in the mid-90s. And, you know, I was just, like, basically 12 years old. And, you know, Dallas got – they signed Steve Nash, Canadian. And then they, they okay. <laughs> drafted Dirk. They had him together. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – they were a fun team at the time, Cuban and Nani Nelson. Let me see if there's any Canadian Knights playing <laughs> basketball. <laughs> like, uh, you know, and then Bradley from Space Jam. Like, I was just like, hmm, I'm going to like this team. They're, they're, you know, they're pretty good. And I still can't like, believe he was in Space Jam. What are we, like, <laughs> they they screwed that one up. <laughs> we need some giant, tall, lanky white guy to play a monster <laughs> or have his power stolen so we can have just like that was the problem. It's like, hey, we got all these monsters. We're going to animate them. They're all going to look the same. We need something different. Yeah, we're going to steal the power of Bradley. Like, come on. That guy just sat on the bench for a long time. But yeah, that's how that's how I like the Mavs uh, grew up with all the frustrations. But it's been it's been a good ride. All right. So rankings. Yeah, let's do that. Deshaun Watson. What? Too high? Too low? I mean, he's number six. I know he's he's awesome too. It's it's kind of fair, but I feel like I guess I'm just kind of looking at it from like a maybe a DFS standpoint. Because if you have Watson, you're playing him. Like I own him, and right. I'm just a right. little bit worried. The fact he's been hit more than any other quarterback, I think 55 times. The line has not been great. Buffalo's been okay against some quarterbacks. Like they did good in Minnesota against Cousins. Well, Tre'Davious White's been awesome. Yeah, he ha- he really has. But he missed practice. He did miss practice. I, I, I watched, or I watched, I or read. Limited right before, hold on. He was, Chris, hold on. He yeah. was limited in practice before everybody. Well, actually, he was running on the side. Okay. He, he was limited. So go ahead, Chris. He's, he's, he's probably limited the same way that Watson's been limited. Is just these guys have earned their respect. They need them. You know, they're going to be limited through a practice. We've talked about this numerous times. It kind of seems like that's right. the way the NFL is going with these superstars. I read what you wrote about White a couple weeks ago. I, I, I agree. I think he's a top-down corner. And I think, you know, just, it is Watson. I think quarterbacks are just kind of avoiding that situation altogether. I understand that it's arguably the best water in football, but yeah, I don't know, man. Like they've done good against quarterbacks. Like I said, you know, Rogers, they, they held their own. I, I thought that they did really well um, against Kirk cousins. I know last week, whatever Mariota sucks, but uh, I think I feel more confident rolling out a golf and even a cam. Like I think cam should be ahead of him. What, what, what's, what's the deal with cam there? You, you like Washington all of a sudden we, we talked about the Redskins, good defense, hadn't played anyone. <laughs> They got put in their place last week. That's for sure. I don't think anybody was stopping Drew Brees in that. No, no. What, oh, what a moment. And Taysom Hill. <laughs> <laughs> what a moment that was for Brees to break the record on that pass. Like, I get chills. I, and I, tell me if I'm wrong. I tweeted this out, and a lot of people saw the same. I honestly felt like the Redskins just gave up. Oh, yeah. They knew, man. Going into this game, I bet there you. There was nobody like, in the picture. <laughs> no one. I know. Nobody. Their defense was awful. Like, it was. 
It was a if quick you showed, not fake to Kamara and then boom. Yeah, this was, yeah. If you showed me before that play happened on the sideline and some dudes in the Redskins were just kind of like, you know, if he gets like a huge play here, he breaks the record. And they were like, yeah, well, why not? Like, I would believe it. I, I, I have no problem because it looked like that's what happened. It's almost like Gruden, this was his pregame speech. Like, guys, this is going to be the Drew Brees game today. Like, we, we understand what's happening here. But if we can just hold him without that record by halftime, then we're on our <laughs> way. And then it happened well before it happened. It was just everyone was def- deflated in the locker room. So, I don't know. I feel, I feel a lot better with Cam. He looks healthy. It's the same thing as Watson, right? I mean, it gives you that safety on the ground. All right, so uh, I'll dig into it. I told you, I always, I'll look at these things again, but I really like the rushing ability, obviously. Not that Cam doesn't have it, but Deshaun Watson is running more than anybody right now, at least. Um, and the fact is, yes, he's bad. And seasonal, I will tell you this. If I own Deshaun Watson, I am floating out offers. Oh, yeah, to, to buy low on him? No, to get rid of him. Oh, to get rid of because him. Because you're worried about his... Like, every, get, like, that's what, every time he gets hit... I'm like, so I was telling my buddy over the weekend, I watched this, and we were watching the Giants game, and I said, you know what? I actually, here's why I don't like the Odell Beckham contract. And it's not because he got blocked and I hate him and all that stuff. No, this is just every time he gets hit now, I cringe. And I'm like, oh my God, don't get hurt. Like, because we just gave him all, that's my biggest thing is now I'm scared because yeah. he's got this giant contract and he is, we need him. As in the Giants need him. They need him for anybody that's going to complain about that one. Uh, but now I, I'm so scared he's going to get hurt. And that's now when I was watching the Texans game. I'm not scared for Deshaun Watson because I, I think I own him in a few places. But I wasn't even thinking that until you just brought it up. But every time I see him get hit, I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to come out this play? Like, he's getting destroyed. Oh, he's getting crushed. Yeah. Like I said, a league high, 55 hits. Everyone watched last week in primetime. Like, he's getting crushed, man. His ribs, he's on the sidelines. So, I mean, like I said, Buffalo's a decent quarterback. So, I own Watson in a couple spots, too. I'm desperate for a win this week. I picked up Jameis, and I'm just playing Winston over him. And I see you have him right there, too. Watson's going to freaking Rocky the league. That's what he's doing. He's getting everybody worn out from beating the crap out of him. Oh, man. <laughs> and then, I mean, like, week 11, he's going to come out and just ball. Yeah, he, he, he might. It's tough with these quarterbacks to take these shots. You know, it kind of reminds me of Vic. Like, there was, a, there was a, you know, a few moments with Michael Vic with the Eagles, and he was just getting, like, licked over and over. And I was like, man, this guy's not going to get up. And he kept getting up. You have to wonder, too, how that affects for Watson as a guy who likes to move around and can't help himself. There's our, like, DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know the exact quote, he came out and said, like, listen, man, you need to get down. Like, you need to stop taking these hits. We need you. I need you. I need to stop playing with these <laughs> mediocre <need> quarterbacks. <laughs> All right. So, Andrew Luck. And I have a feeling you're going to say he's too high because there's a lot of people who say he's too high and – I want to hear why he's too high because I don't think he's too high. High. <laughs> he's just, is this slightly high? Um, I understand he's throwing the ball more than anyone. Oh, no, 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 you sound he- no, no. You sound I'm hesitant, hesitant, but I would. I, so I I'm coming in first. No, stop. You're, t- you're done talking. I'm coming in first now because you were too hesitant. So you're now right. I'm coming after you. Yeah, yeah. The Jets' last two games Blake Bortles and Case Keenum, 388. 377, two touchdowns apiece. Andrew Luck's last game, which was without T.Y. Hilton, a billion fantasy points. Like, <laughs> why are we not, like, why don't we like Andrew Luck? So that's now my question to you. What's the complaint? There's no real complaint. Luck is fine. He's throwing the ball more than anyone. His weapons suck. And I just feel 
and and it's just nitpicking. Like, there's just a couple spots. Like, I just I know Cousins is in a bad spot, but I would go Cousins to and Ben over Luck. I just feel like there's... Cousins just doesn't look good outside of Adam Thielen. That's the only person he looks good with. And Diggs, Diggs looks okay. No, Diggs looks, looks okay, but Cousins with Diggs, not so much. I mean, again, go back to you said throwing as much. Well, Houston and New England, the Jets defense are right there with them. And you look at 464, 365, four touchdowns. That, talk about the attempts. 62 and 59 the last two games. <laughs> I know. Cousins throw the ball a ton, too. Uh, it's just, is T.Y. Hilton playing? I don't care because he just, look at what he just did to New England. 365 and three with no T.Y. Hilton. I know. You guess you have to, you know, account for garbage time because a lot of Lux work has been in garbage time. Like, it's like Bortles, right? Like, you know, garbage time Bortles checks in in the fourth quarter against KC and he has a decent day. Just, I understand that Arizona's secondary has been pretty good and you can run on them. I just don't have, we can transition over to Delvin Cook. Like, because I just have, like, if you have Cook, you're playing them and the matchup's great, but they haven't been able to run the ball all year long and they've had decent matchups. And I just don't, I think Cousins is going to continue to throw. And when you have a guy like Thielen and Diggs, like he's just going to he's just going to get his. Like he's just eventually going to do it. Like for me and you, and I'm looking over at your at your rankings right now. Like Delvin Cook at 16. Well, here's the question: I had. You just said it. If Delvin Cook is playing, you're playing him, right? You have to. If he's playing, are you not also assuming this team thinks he's near 100? percent At this point. This is my thinking. At this point, with what's happened so far with the injuries and the fact of what he did in the game where they brought him back and he barely did anything and then they rested him pretty much for the rest of the way of that game, I feel if Dalvin Cook is actually playing that they're not screwing around at this point. Like, they're not going out there with 70% Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm, I'm saying he needs to be close to 100. He's probably never going to be close to 100 or actually at 100 the rest of the season. But... My thing is, is, why are you going to risk him? And then you go back to it, the matchup. The, the Arizona Cardinals are actually worse than the Lions for fantasy. Like, they are the best matchup you could possibly find for a running back. The Lions just happen to give up more rushing yards than the Cardinals do, but overall, they're still the best matchup you could possibly find. Yeah, most fantasy points against the backs. And you're right. I mean, they struggled defensively to, to stop the run. We've seen that numerous times. I think Cook is like an interesting like GPP play in, D- in DFS. And I'm sure people will be off of him. I, you know, the rankings fair because I'm looking behind. You know, Carson maybe. <laughs> maybe I, I know. <laughs> I, I look at I look at your rankings. You send them. I'm like, ah, this guy jumps out. This guy jumps out. And then I just look at who's after Cook. Like maybe White and Carson would have a head. And then everybody else is just not appealing. I feel like AP and Morris and McCoy will have more touches. But where's the upside lie with these guys? And, and that's we're just at the top twenty still. Yeah, I mean, then then look at the 20s. I mean, it's timeshare, timeshare, timeshare. Like, it's just, there's nobody here. It's It's that's that's the exact sound I'm making. All right, let me ask you real quick. If Dalvin Cook is out, where where do you put Latavius Murray? Because Latavius Murray hasn't looked good so far. No, he hasn't. And And it could be the offensive line, as you said. Yeah, it, the offensive line has not looked great. And, you know, it, it just has resulted in a lot of... I know if a healthy cook, maybe Cousins wouldn't be throwing the ball so much, but it just... He's been throwing it so much because they cannot run the football. It's like they have the second fewest rushing yards per game in the NFL. I, to Only team without a rushing touchdown. Yeah, and it's like it's not even close. Like when they get down there, they just chuck. And it's the same thing with the Eagles. Like they were able to just throw all over Philadelphia last week and they get in the red zone and they kind of just struggle. They can't run the ball. Latavius... 
I'd give him the benefit of the doubt in this matchup and maybe he'll fall in the end zone for a touchdown, but I wouldn't have him as high as cook. Like I would yeah. have guys like white and Carson and AP and maybe Latavius or I put him right in here with Chris Thompson. Yeah. I would have Jones over him. I, that was right in my range of like Jones and Powell and Collins. I'd actually have him had a, I'd have him behind the Smallwood too. I'm right in that 30 range actually. So, all right. Well, I we were talking about this before, but for your opinion for tonight, Smallwood or Clement, I have a back to back. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I have Smallwood like four spots ahead of Clement. You go back to week three, Ajayi didn't play. It was, they both, you know, had a ton of touches. It was 19 for Clement. He led uh, the way in touches. Both had three catches. Clement had 16 carries um, to Smallwood's 10. Um, but it was Smallwood who had the red zone look and he yeah. had the red, and red he's zone looked rushing a little touchdown. Bit better. He has looked a little bit better. Last week, he had opportunity in the red zone. He caught a touchdown. He he ran one in on the two point combo. He dropped one. A red here's, zone. Here is what's going to happen. I have him back to back. One's too high and one's too low. I mean, that's just really what it, it's going to come down to. You want somebody tweeted me last night. All right, Thursday night, Smallwood or Clement? You have to pick one. And I was like, No, I don't. I don't have to start either of them. He goes, Gun to your head. It's a DFS lineup. I said, Oh, I. I still don't have to play either. Like, I don't know why it's got to co- always come to the gun to the head part. It's like, no, and he's like, I'm playing the Thursday, Monday. I was like, okay, you still don't have to pick one of them. <laughs> yeah. You, no. Yeah. You really don't. I mean, there's really no need for it. We talked about Peterson before off the top of the show here and the way that he rotates through some of these backs. And I, I lean Smallwood because he's been healthy and he's been playing the past couple weeks, but Clement's going to, He's going to be involved. He's actually the guy who leads the team in red zone rushing attempts. He's got eight yeah. of them, and he's hardly yeah. played. So it, everyone's going to be involved in this game, but I mm. will lean Smallwood. I'm getting tired of these mother effing bugs in my mother effing house. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Man, running back by committees everywhere. I had this conversation with a, with somebody last week, and, you know. Wait, hold on. What did you say? I, I was too focused on the bug. There's like, there's a bug. I can't do anything about it because we're recording the show. <laughs> And there's one on the ceiling. Like, I already killed a, a, a centipede in the sink this morning, which, by the way, centipedes in real life are kind of creepy looking. But Absolutely, anyway, yeah. I, I killed it in the sink. I don't know how it got in the sink. I don't know if it came up through the pipe. or Well, because the hurricane's getting close to us, and it's about to blow through. So a lot of times, you know, bugs kind of get weird. But there's like a spider or something like way clear across the ceiling of my room right now. And I'm staring at it. I'm watching it walks like from the left to the right. I can't kill. I can't do anything about it because I just have to stare at it. Hopefully it doesn't go into some secret spot by the time we finish this. And I can't find it. I would end the show. If I were you, I would end the show. And <laughs> I, I know would everybody would love that, that spider. Uh, immediately. <laughs> yeah, everyone would love that. I can't deal with the man. And when there's a spider in my room or anywhere and I lose track of it, like my my night is ruined. I'd rather deal with a spider than have you ever seen? I don't know if you have these in can- and I legitimately don't know. That's not like a Canada thing. It just, they are regional. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen silverfish? I have seen silverfish. Yes. Those things freak me out more than anything because they're so like, if they scurry off and they're like lightning fast, yeah. you're like, Oh, where the hell did the thing go? I seen those years ago. Um, in a bathroom, and it was disgusting, man. It really. And that's was. the thing is, like when you kill it, it's like a smear. Like that's why they're called silverfish, is because it looks like a small silverfish. Yes. And they just, it's, it's a good name for them. They're quick as freaking hell. Yeah, it's basically like somebody was like, <laughs> "What do we call these things?" It looks like a silverfish. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah. It's just everything we call. Uh, brown hairy thing yes uh, the dog was a terrible name I, I like that much better thank you <laughs> yeah those things are nasty man. i can't believe we're talking about silverfish here Ugh. no i know we got seven what would you what were you talking about while i said that because you said 365 was, days or something 
<laughs> I don't know. I was going on about running back by committees because I'm just oh, yes, yes. rankings. I'm looking at all these guys. Like we have one in New England where both guys are studs. And you just go down like the, the Jets boys and then the Denver and then Green Bay. I, I, I want Jones. Everybody wants Jones. Like the stats say Jones. And then and then um I think I may already mentioned Baltimore, but Philly. Lamar Miller, can you trust him anymore? Uh, like, and then Miami, like Drake finally does something no, last see, week, but Gores get more touches. It's just disgusting. That's a really good point because you have people out there that are playing this. This is why you don't draft running backs game, and they pull out the ones that have been hurt. And just, like, Dalvin Cook as the example, uh, Leonard Fournette. I, you know, Leonard Fournette. You know, yeah, Leonard Fournette. You knew what you were getting into. Uh, yeah. Devontae Freeman was a second rounder. I wasn't a huge fan. I kind of preferred if he got down to the third, and I do own a little bit of exposure in the third, but I, it's in the third. But let's talk about who's there at the top. Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley, James Conner, who is the Le'Veon Bell. So you still have your big five technically, and I understand that James – I mean, that, that's not really the don't draft running back scenario. Christian McCaffrey's been beyond amazing. Joe Mixon's missed some times, but he's up there. Kareem Hunt, and he wasn't even being drafted inside the top 10 because no. there were questions of what he was. But Kareem Hunt, David Johnson's still up there. I know people are panicking about Jordan Howard, but I'm buying low on him. And then you know, even if you don't include Jordan Howard, we still have 10 running backs that are what we wanted in a fantasy. They are still week in and week out fantasy bell cows. So I think the, the overreaction is a little much. I still am happy. I, I I got hit by Dalvin Cook in a few leagues, and it happens. I mean, there's nothing you could do. I can bring this all the way. Remember when Des Bryant and Jordy Nelson both got hurt very early in the season? Was it three years ago? Two, yes. Four years? Yes. Whatever it was. They were both first-rounders, the corner, the end of the first round that year. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, obviously, these guys get hurt. But if you have one of those backs that you mentioned, I mean, you're loving it. And if you have two, phenomenal. I'm in a, I'm in a couple spots where I drafted running backs early and I never got hurt by by Fournette or or Cook and I'm and I'm lucky, but I'm in other spots where I have these these mediocre backs and you, there's two ways to look at it. Everyone else is in the same situation as you. I put I would put Hyde in there too as a guy that that I like just as much yeah, as Yeah, I I agree. It's just it was more so the fact of yeah. drafting early. Like Hyde yeah, was was Hyde was like fourth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah, he was an absolute steal. Hey Chris. Yeah. It's getting closer. Oh. <laughs> I might be I, so I, now I'm like pensive in the fact that I might be able to kill it more on the, on the air or I just I don't know what it is yet yeah do yourself a favor and go kill that man no no we're, we're good I want to talk about we're in running backs so okay. I want to talk about why you have Tevin Coleman there yeah I, I guess I just have him because I would have I'd put him a little bit higher Tevin Coleman. oh even high oh yeah, okay even higher yeah even higher not? than 15 well, you like Hyde. So here's why. Uh, I'll tell you why. This is, this is exactly why I don't have Tevin Coleman higher. And then it's, I'm concerned. I'm concerned by seeing Edo Smith get the goal line last week. Yeah, that's and I'm concerned with the fact that still, even last year, it was like, well, I, this makes no sense to me. And it's kind of happening again this year, a little less to a degree, but still happy. They, they still don't use Tevin Coleman a ton in the passing game, and it makes no sense. It's kind of like, hey, you want to use him when Devontae Freeman's out there, and then the backfield's completely his, and it's like, eh, we don't want to use him again now. So that's why I'm a little pensive. Yeah, I know. I, I, I've noticed that as well, too. Like, he catches balls and Freeman's there, and I feel like when he – last year we saw it. There's like two, almost three games where Freeman wasn't out, and Coleman touched the ball 20-plus times. He caught the ball. He had – yeah, I think three of his maybe five rushing touchdowns with Freeman sidelined. And then there was a couple games too. I guess the Saints, like his, he wasn't that efficient, but he still had that touchdown. It's just a high total. 
And uh, I just feel like maybe just a couple spots. You know what I mean? Like he's a borderline RB1. 15 may feel like a borderline RB1, but I'd still, I still think I would put him ahead of... Um, Not Hyde. Man, I really like Hyde, yeah. I put him out of Lynch. Um, I Revenge probably, game. I know. <laughs> and he's I'm, ticked I'm off. I'm kidding, never everybody. I'm kidding, everybody. And Howard and Yeldon. I understand Yeldon's like the only guy there now. See, but I, I, could, I could maybe see Howard. I would definitely have him higher in a PPR. I know I just talked about the fact not catching as many passes. I would definitely have him higher than Howard in a PPR. I'm still... I just think this was the... We're going to get three or four games of Tariq Cohen. This isn't a new thing going forward. Uh, if you look at the matchup here, the Dolphins, especially you talk about game script, this should be a whole hell of a lot, Jordan Howard, in the second half. But then again, that's what happened in the game before the bye, and that was all Tariq Cohen. Yeah, exactly. That that was what was shocking to me with Howard is he's still getting the, the majority of the snaps, and he's still on, on the football field. But that last week or that game, like they were up big time on Tampa. I mean, he played 54% of the snaps I'm looking at it now, and he didn't even really touch the field in that second half. They were up like no. I, it was so frustrating. This thing is running a serpentine pattern at oh, me, by the way. <laughs> I would be getting rid of that in a hurry. Like, no, I, could I just talk for you for a couple minutes. No, no, I just I wanted to get closer, but it's it won't come straight. It, like I said, it's serpentine pattern. It's like trying to avoid bullets or something. I don't know what it's doing, but it's it's still it's still pretty far away. I wouldn't say it's more than a size of a maybe a dime at best. That's it was, not bad. Yeah, so but it's it's definitely black. So I'm assuming this is a spider at this point. Oh, um, but it's 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 confused. Like it doesn't know where it's going. But it's getting closer. Uh, Allen Robinson, same game of Jordan Howard. Yeah, same game. Little high. Robinson didn't even leave his team in targets, catches, and yards. Don't tell me. Don't tell me you're like Taylor Gabriel or something. No, I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I, Robinson should be ranked much higher than Taylor Gabriel, and I feel way more. I just well, there's a lot of people out there. Like, should I go grab him? Should I start him? Or like, why? I would have him, but I wouldn't start him. Um, yeah, it's just there's going to be way too many inconsistencies from him. We had that obviously that one big game, but you know, I just think there's you could be safer with you know a lot of guys there behind like. I know I was a I little like, lower than most people. I'm surprised too. That's why I was. I yeah, thought I have him in the mid twenties. I have. Um, well, like, so here's Boy Shepard will have a better game than Allen Robinson this week. Yeah, Guaranteed. you think so? Guaranteed, man. The Eagles secondary sucks. It's no, awful. no, no. I I hundred percent agree with you, and that's why I for the fact is I think a lot of people are overlooking Eli. Man- if you're playing the Thursday Monday or just in, if you're looking for a streamer, like somebody tweeted me yesterday. He goes, according to your rankings, I'm picking up and starting Eli Manning. And I'm paranoid. But my other options are Case Keenum, Sam Darnold, Dak Prescott, and Josh Rosen. I was like, so you're more paranoid than those options? Like, oh, yeah. You, you know this. Eli Manning, the only time he definitively shows up is against the – look at the game log against the oh, Eagles. Yeah. It's like 400 yards, 350 and four touchdowns. Like, for whatever it is, he shows up against the Eagles. I know. I see these games with Eli, and I'm just – and, you know, one game on primetime, I forget what one, he was just getting smacked around all the time. I'm like, man, that's a, he never looks like that against Philly. Like, Philly can't get that kind of pressure and those hits on him <laughs> throw those kind of picks against the Eagles. Um, yeah, I would – But that's my concern. All those quarterbacks – yeah, there is – We get the bad Eli. You get the bad Eli, but – you get the bad Eagles secondary, man. I'm telling you, like, it's just not good at all. Like, and, and I saw it for the first time last year. Everything went so well for the Eagles, but Jalen Mills has been getting burned all year. Thielen was just crushing right. them. Well, you, just crushing here's them. the thing. You might have talked me more into Shepard than against Allen Robinson. Because yeah. 
the twenty is, is the fact is is Corey Davis bad matchup. Jimmy Smith is yeah. back. Alshon Jeffrey yeah. Jenkins bad matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calvin Ridley has been great, but we see it's touched out. He's still getting out snapped by Sanu. Yeah. Uh, Will Fuller hamstring issue. Doug Baldwin we know his issue. So and then you have yeah. Tyler Lockett, Deshaun Jackson. Eh, that's okay. Devin Funches bad matchup. So. It's not exactly the most exciting group from 21 to 30. You're right. It's not. And when I was doing my rankings, it's tough. It's like it was really hard to to keep dropping down Robinson on these matchups. But, you know, Shepard, I think, will have a better day than him. You mentioned Sanu. I think Sanu, we talked about him last week. Well, you don't have to worry too much, Chris. You know why? Because the fantasy pros, the top 10 is all that matters. Yeah, and, and everyone in the no, top no, ten studs. So, uh, no, 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 no. The top ten, like, so, oh, I. So they changed the formula, and I'm still do doing fine for everybody out there. This, I'm not saying this because I'm not in the top ten or anything like this. But here's a perfect example. I screenshot this from from this past week, Chris. So Odell Beckham, I had ranked seventh for last week. He finished second overall. Okay, the point different, the gap it was what they calculate. The gap for that was seven. Meanwhile. Kiki QT, who everybody ranked at 63, finished 20th. You know what the gap was? Uh, Seven. How does that make sense? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense at all. So you're telling me missing five spots who you're starting these people anyway, and nobody's making that decision. Here's another one. James Conner finished number one last week. Yeah. Ranked sixth. That's 11 spot difference or 11 point difference. Wendell Smallwood finished 14th. If you ranked them 50th, 11 point difference. It doesn't add up. That's they, we, they need to fix that. That makes no sense. So basically, you're telling me is I have to just nail the top 10 picks and 30 to 50, which are the tough calls and what we're trying to help you out with. Nah, they don't, they don't matter. Yeah, it, it, that's crazy. Like I said last week, we, we argued about feeling at eight or nine instead right. of four or five, but it's like you're starting him anyways and he's a stud. Everyone knows that. Like He leads the league in targets and catches and, and yards. Like and if you happen to be in a league... <laughs> Where you're trying to decide between Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Keenan Allen, you don't need league. to listen to our show. <laughs> Four-team league. Which stud do I start? And you get those questions sometimes. It's like Brown, Julio, or Thielen. Like pick two. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't. But it's amazing. Yeah, you get into these thirties. Like you should be, you should be credited. Um, you know, with you know Sanu in there, you got him. I like, I like Quincy Inunua as a bounce back. I think, I think actually there still is a significant gap between him and Robbie. Oh, yeah. wait, wait, so that that's. So let me you have them together yeah i want to hear your thoughts on on robbie it's one game against denver no no no. so it's not denver so this is what it was i actually got into a conversation uh mike clay was bringing up the same point i was um with a bit more stats behind his mine was very simple but his was more in depth uh but it's basically the same point and that's quincy newman played outside last week and he played outside a hell of a lot and wasn't in the slot much at all i think the percentages in the slot work for the first four weeks were like 60, 70, 60, and then low 60. I think it might even been like 59 in the week before. And then this past week, it was like 30. And they moved them outside. And they put Jim Rain Curse in the slot. So Curse. I will say the, the, the situation here is right now is I'm leaning to the edge of caution of I don't want to get burned by a Nunez zero again. And then he did drop some passes and probably the hand injury he's dealing with as well. I want to take that out of the picture. I want to specifically talk about the inside versus outside part because if they're going to put him outside, he's not built for that. He's going to get one tougher coverage. Two is he needs to be in the slot. That's who he is. You're going to keep Jermaine Curse in the slot, Quincy Nua outside. I don't really want anything to do with that. And the only Jets wide receiver I want is Robbie Anderson. Now, if that was a one-week thing to keep him away from Chris Harris and he's back in the slot this week, 
then I'm with you. I'm all on board. Put Quincy Nguyen right back in, especially in PPR, and if the hand's okay. But for one week, not knowing what the answer is until we see this game, that's why I'm cautious. Yeah, and and I understand that. Bring up great points. And I wonder if it was just about Chris Harris Jr. I thought that to myself, you know, last week as well. He still led the team in targets. He got a lot of looks. I, I noticed the drops, and there was a red zone target that I thought maybe he should have had. Um, he was actually attributed as five. He was good. He was attributed as a hundred percent drops last week. Wow. Really? Yeah. Um, I thought there was one ball that was thrown way over. His head. Uh, I kind of thought so. I like, I don't know where the math comes in that one, but I don't think there were all drops. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's a tough on my boy Quincy, but I'm willing to, to give him the benefit of the doubt and bounce back. I think he's still the number one target in that offense in a good matchup, but I, I understand it. Like if I had Quincy, I know, and I do, and I was burned by the zero as well. I think, I think I would still roll him out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, these rankings again to Robinson, like, I just feel like Shepard, Shepard and Jackson, yeah, you want Shepard. Okay. <laughs> we'll have better days. And Sanu, man, Sanu, what, Sanu, Sanu, I think he should be, um, I'm seven above consensus. How much higher you want to put him? 12 above consensus. What's the deal with Demarius Thomas? Like, can you, can you roll this guy out? Uh, I don't feel great. Out? Like he, he woke back up for one week. But Man, this range of wideouts like Demarius and Sammy Watkins. <laughs> and now just... we got we got to Geronimo Allison, who I'm obviously leaning to the side of no Randall Cobb, but that's gonna change. And it's Geronimo I mean, I'm assuming Geronimo Allison's playing, but if he you know, if Cobb is back, that changes things. And Kenny Stills has been great one week and terrible most and others and amari Cooper, like you, again with Amari oh, Cooper, no, like no, 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 I just that that just makes me so happy. Jeez, it's like every other game, this guy is just not even on the football not every, field. I told people not to draft Amari Cooper. Yeah, it's brutal. It's to the point now where, like, in a 10-team, you just can't even roster him because you don't want to deal with the headache. I, I miss plenty of things. C.J. Anderson, I know everybody, but the one thing I'm going to always bring up is the fact that I told you Amari Cooper was a poor man's Brandon Cooks and actually even worse than Deshaun Jackson, and people told me I was bat. You know what? Crazy. By the way, my buddy's stalled out. He's kind of just in one holding spot now. Oh, he's just chilling? He's just chilling. Okay. That's all so, right. Let him be then. Uh, unless he's a spider, you want me to just like flamethrower the guy? <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Hey, before a, we, oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no. There's, go. there's one more guy. <laughs> there's one more guy I want to talk about that I think you have way down the list. And maybe I'm just crazy. You're the expert ranker here. Jester Rogers. You should be up a little higher. Why not? You like luck? Who's he thrown to? Balls uh, to Ebron. Ebron has a. Do you see the injury report on Ebron? <laughs> I I be back. So, I think he's going to play. Uh, so wait, well, let me go back because I actually I thought I had Chester Rogers kind of high. Where is Chester Rogers? Oh no, fifty-five. Well, all right. So Get him up there, he's got eleven targets in each I, game. I know. Well, this is so I I update these by day. I did have T.Y. Hilton. I saw what I didn't do last night. I was trying to do a quick update before bed. I took T.Y. Hilton and who else? Somebody else isn't supposed to play this week. I took two people out, but I didn't move up the other people enough because I do. Okay. I got to go rerun the projections. So, uh, yes, Chester Rogers will move up. I don't know how much, but he'll move up. He'll definitely, I mean, he'll get out of the 50s. That's He's a borderline cool. flex start in PPR leagues. I've, I, feel, I feel pretty confident about that. Chester Rogers or Kenny Stills? I'm starting Rogers. Yeah, yeah, man, the targets. You mentioned Chester, Lock Chester Rogers or both the Jets. Rogers. Josh Gordon. Uh, Chester Rogers. Because I know that Gordon's uh, not getting 11 targets. 
That game has a 60, well, 59 and a half over under. I know. And it kind of makes me, I can't fall into the Hogan trap. Oh, don't. He, I know. <laughs> but he has been still running a lot of routes. Like, it's not like clear cut and day that Gordon is ahead of him. But um, I know I'm not going to play Chris Hogan. But I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. You just brought up that high total. I mean, I'd have him. I feel more confident about him scoring points than than Sutton or Kirk or or Taylor. Or Fitz. Oh, yeah. Like Fitz, like, oh, there's another guy. Like, feel bad Fitz for Fitz is hurting. Yeah, Fitz, is, Fitz looks like how I feel like Deshaun Watson feels. Yes. Like, it's just like, it's I have nothing. It's just, it's By the way, too bad for him. Yeah. Timberwolves will not practice today. And no, <laughs> no media availability, just so this, you know. This, so you're not even going to practice. This is a team that needs practice. You're starting the season next week. You're not going to practice because Jimmy Butler went in there and ripped apart the whole organization. <laughs> Everyone feels like trade that guy right now. Uh, this is great. Practice that jump shot. Uh, I feel, yeah. I thought that team was finally going to have something going, and I feel all right. But hey, you have plenty going. Speaking of the basketball, again, once it's Chris Meany at Chris Meany and tell everybody all the millions of things you have going on for The Athletic. Yes, The Athletic. Well, you mentioned the draft guide is there. We're going to be doing some chats here over the next couple of days. Any questions, you can always hit me up at Chris Meany on Twitter. Everything's out there, man. The bus, the sleepers, the breakouts, all the, the, the old places old faces new places always mix that up guys there's always a lot of movement in the nba and you know that really opens up a lot of just value for for certain guys so the rankings are up there they're going to be updated constantly all the way to tip off do a waiver wire piece every uh monday morning for basketball and for hockey so i'm really looking forward to it glad to be part of this all-star studded team and we're loving you already. It's so great having you. And we officially can say at the Athletic Chris Mania is terrific. And he's got a chat going on. Oh, no, you're not going to know about that. It's too late. No. I'll have a chat next week. So check out yes. with the chats for the basketball season if you get involved with all that. Uh, until next time, till next week on Tuesday, uh, I am Jake Seeley. Follow me at All in Kid. But you know that. Do the five-star reviews. Get into the next contest, which is coming soon. And I'm disappointed in you guys. You did not even tweet Victoria Justice once this week. And you didn't help me out with Chipotle, and now I think I have to boycott Chipotle along with Odell Beckham. And what else is on my list? I forget. I'll, I'll make my list and actually have a running list. How about that? I'll be back Tuesday. <laughs> have a good one, everybody.